This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, joined alongside Chris. Chris, how are we doing today? Not good. Not good. And um, I'm glad we repreface that again because I just rewatched our last video on YouTube just to kind of make sure our videos um, lined up with the audio. And by the way, check that out on the Franchise Tag NFL Podcast YouTube channel. We post the full podcast um, right after the audio version comes out. And so I just rewatched it. And the second I fast forwarded like the, like the, to the point where um, I clicked it at, uh, is where it came up where you were basically praying that the Falcons didn't go 0-3, but we sit here today one and, and the Falcons are one now 1-3. Not 0-3. No, 1-3. 1-3, uh, yes. Um, so, yeah, we'll jump into that a little later. Um, but I'll just talk about it right now. Week 4 is in the books, and uh, we're moving on to Week 5. The season's rolling pretty fast. Um, but unfortunately, up to this point, I still don't know – what teams are going to be in the discussion to be like a wild card team? What teams are going to be in the discussion to be in the playoffs? Like you think in your head, you know exactly what teams are great. And then we do our picks and we'll get into that later too. But I'll mention this. We, we both had a pretty bad week in picks. Oh yeah. Because oh, we yeah. have that idea in our head. Like this is a good, lo- this is a good lineup. And yes, we'll look at it on paper, but we take a look at it the week before and it's kind of like, how do they come into week four and lose this game? So in going into week five, I'm going to have a completely different mindset as to how I'm going to pick, um, as to how I'm going to make my picks going into this week. So we'll see when we get to it. But uh, we'll hop into the games right away. Unless there is there any league news right now? Uh, oh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, I forgot to talk about him. Sam Darnold is working his way back. He's officially doing non-contact drills at practices. But here's my thing with Sam Darnold. Um, they said they're not going to know if they get the results. Like, What is it? Like today or fr- like Friday, Saturday, or even Sunday. Um, and uh, even if, so if he's cleared, they will, they're going to want to play him. But at this point, it's like, why are you going to play him and take the risk? He's going to have to be cleared for like a solid week after this in order to play. So why are the Jets like forcing him to come back so fast? Like you're not going anywhere as of right now. If Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold plays, again, the last time he saw the field was when he lost to the Bills by one point mm. in his own, you know, you know, at home on his own field. So it's kind of like... Is him coming back going to make a, a a great a big difference? Yes, he will, but not to the extent like we're going to go for a playoff run like right now. Because nah, yeah. like ease him back in. Like what I don't get what the rush is. He's got a long career ahead of him. Adam Gase isn't going to be fired after this year. I don't know what the rush is. No, nah, I mean especially like what you just said. If he gets hurt, if he comes back this week and gets hurt and let's say is now out like the season or let's say like four games in the middle of the season, those four games in the middle of the season are a lot more meaningful than the than the first three or four games of the season you can do a lot you could turn your whole season around in the middle of that season but right now I mean they're kind of they're having issues but. oh yeah they're having some big issues and it's not even just their quarterback and no. I think they're in that state of mind right now where if we just get a quarterback back maybe this we'll, we'll get it together and move forward but it's almost like Quinton Williams is dealing with ankle injuries CJ Mosley's not CJ Mosley still hasn't played since that first game so and that's a big loss too because you yeah. just paid him a ton of money you have uh what Trumaine Johnson and mm-hmm. uh, just sitting on the bench because he's not your best guy that you put out there yeah so it's kind of like the Jets, you, like, you have plenty of time to get it together right now, but don't lose your quarterback again over an enlarged spleen from Mono. That's ridiculous yeah. within in itself. I don't think I've ever processed it to the point where I'm like, you know, this grown man just got Mono. And I know he's but not much older than we are, he's so he's not. probably he's like just year old sleeping us. around. He's like, I'm, an NFL, I'm the Jets quarterback, so I'm just going to go to these bars and hit yeah. on these chicks. 
and that happens, but it's kind of like you're always going to be known as the Jets quarterback that got mono. Yeah, I, I mean, what I don't <laughs> get though is that'll be all like on, like if he's if he becomes a future Hall of Famer, which a lot of people are anticipating because of like how long a, how long ago of a generational talent the Jets haven't had. Um, now, now that they think he will be, that's gonna that's automatically gonna be coming up. It's like yep, he got. Oh mono. yeah, what is it? His <laughs> second season. Yeah, it's his second yeah, season. Yeah, last year was his regular season. So it, it, the headline, I can already see it. Starts off the his first ever pass, pick six. Second year starts off with mono. What's what's and then he turns into a hall of famer. Like <laughs> oh yeah yeah. <laughs> that's oh my gosh, that's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like he does it. That'd be crazy. What a what a shaky there, start. There's gonna be like a thirty for thirty on him, or like some documentary where it's just like. After the mono went away, Sam Darnold went on to be one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> to ever touch a football. Imagine that. <laughs> he goes out, throws like 40 touchdowns, no picks. Just <laughs> just gets after it. Um, but yeah, uh, what else was I going to get into? Oh, the uh, Stefan Diggs situation. So he didn't practice yesterday under a non-injury designation or something like that. So yeah. that means he just didn't show up to practice. Apparently he's very frustrated with the Vikings right now in a situation um, with you know, just the organization as a whole and how the, how his role is on offense, and it's kind of like, listen, everyone on offense is kind of get not even not getting the ball at all either. Like if you're not if your name's not Dalvin Cook, you're not getting the ball. So it's kind of like it's yeah, not just yeah. you. It's kind of not like they're throwing to Thielen all the time. And I mean, he's more so the number one target. Like uh, their last game, um, he, I think he did fumble the ball if I remember correctly, or something like that. I'm not positive. Oh, I don't actually. I don't think he did that game. I might be mistaken, but um. But yeah, he had eight receptions, like 107 yards receiving, and so. But he hasn't had that type of game in a very long time, especially going into this season. So that's something we've been kind of waiting for. But other than that, if Kirk Cousins is throwing, it's going to Thielen or, or you know Dalvin Cook in the flat or something mm-hmm. like that, like behind the backfield. But for the most part, um, if your name is not Dalvin Cook on the Vikings, you're not getting the ball, and he missed practice. He's officially now back, and um, the Vikings have told every single team that they're not going to be trading him anytime soon. I think eventually he will be. I th- I don't think he will be a, f- a Viking for the remainder of his career. I know he just he got a massive contract. I think a year or two ago, yeah. um, right before Thielen got paid, Rudolph got paid, and he, I think even before Kirk got paid, or like who, when he even came when he even came to the Vikings. So, um, anyways, uh, I think you know I think Stephon Diggs. I think he eventually requests a trade. Probably in the off season, they're going to actively shop him. Uh, I think if you have this kind of relationship with your team. It doesn't go unnoticed in the locker room. It's kind of like you're walking through and you're the, known as the guy that's like, you're angry at the team. We're still trying to win games. Like, we could still be in this. Because they're considered a team in the offseason. Like, all right, it's we're past Kirk's first year. Maybe they start getting a hold of what, you know, what he can do with this offense. We start paying Thielen. We pay... Um, you know Rudolph, and you know we ha- we still have a solid defense that we had a couple years ago. Like we haven't lost anyone really besides what Sandejo. Yeah, they lost and, Sandejo. Yeah, and, and um, they almost lost Anthony Barr. Yeah, but then he he pulled the DeAndre Jordan on him. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that I don't know. What what are you? What is your take on this whole situation with Stephon Diggs and the Vikings? I'm nervous, but I'm hoping he doesn't handle this. I mean, I don't think it'll be this way, but I'm hoping he doesn't handle it similarly to what AB did. I don't think he's going to go that extreme. No, I think, no, 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 no. I think that Definitely was just not. such an extreme case the way AB handled it. But I'm just nervous that uh, I'm I'm nervous that he's he's visibly upset. And with the way when the the uh, when the like oh, what are they called when the the media was trying to interview him, he and they talked about him like the trade rumors and everything. He said there's there's always truth, some sort of truth to rumors, but I'm not getting into that right now. Yeah. 
So that is not a good sign because he's not. basically saying, without saying it, I want to be traded. It's true. I mean, imagine one of the better wide receivers in the league in Adam Thielen, and who's one probably one of the nicest dudes ever, and he's just like he's just like one of those like stories in the NFL that you look at and you're just like that's just amazing how someone can do that because again he came from. Basically nothing. Like he had to Wasn't work. Wasn't he a walk on? He was a walk on. Yeah. It was at a Division two school in Minnesota. So he's like a, a Minnesota homer. And then he eventually. It's like a, a homegrown story. Basically, mm-hmm. he had to come out and call out uh, his his quarterback and say like this this isn't like this isn't good for us. Like if we're gonna keep running the ball, they're gonna start getting like you're gonna start to notice that they're gonna be able to cover that up. And when we pass the ball. We're going to have to start making plays because if we don't, we're just going to keep from falling from behind. And I don't think the Vikings are that good from playing behind, from behind either. Like, when was the last time you've heard of a Vikings comeback of, like, even not? I was going to say, like, maybe 15 points or more, but I don't think even, like, a touchdown they're able to come back from. I think it's just difficult for them. Yeah, I mean, the last thing on my memory, but it's just because of the way it was, was then they were down by one and they beat the Saints. Yeah. Or they were down by whatever, and they beat the Saints, that Minneapolis miracle. That's the only reason I remember that is because it was just such a memorable play. I thought that one within itself would have, like, pretty much given Stephon Diggs, like, the hope that I want to be a Minnesota Viking for life. Because that's one of those moments that not a lot of people get to live. And he was – he's very young, and he he was the one able to do a walk-off in football. Since Mm -hmm. when is there ever a walk-off, like, 3-2-1 on the clock and, like, no – no no clock left. You don't have to kick it off with one second left. That usually happens all the time in the NFL, yeah. but there's never and there's never such thing as someone scoring and the fact that you get to throw a penalty throw your I don't know, I'm mixing up my words the here. Helmet. You get to throw your helmet, no penalty because you already won the game and the crowd's just cheering for you. I thought he was like going to be behind the Vikings from that, but at the same time it's kind of like if like I said before, if no if no one's getting action, uh, you're like you're not the only one that isn't, you know? So I, yeah. I think he's kind of looking at this a little selfishly, which I understand because it's it's tough, man, because you have so much high expectations every year for the Vikings. <laughs> I think I take one step further, even though there's probably four steps back I need to take before even thinking about the Vikings winning this division because I came into this year, um, it was very close, but I think I had the Vikings winning because it's kind of like it's Kirk's second year. You just paid all these guys. What, what do you, There's no excuses here. It's kind of put up or shut up. And you know the Bears are still the Bears, and you know they have their situ they have their situation at quarterback in the offense. But you know our our defense is going to hold us steady for now. Then there's the the Packers, who right now are being questionable as to if they are a good offense or if they are a good defense. But I think they're going to be fine. We haven't seen Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers do anything crazy this year, so just wait until midseason. Those guys are going to be picking it up. And what are the Vikings going to be doing unless they make a drastic turn? Because against Stefanski, their offensive coordinator. Um, likes to run the ball, but mm-hmm. you can't. I mean, it's worked for you the first couple games, sure. But you don't think teams are gonna look at film and be like, "All right, that guy Dalvin Cook, uh, we can't let him do that." You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it, once teams start catching on, and I mean, even if they go against like the, they have in division that you just mentioned, the Bears, they are very good against the run. So to have a team that you have to face twice a year that you're competing with to possibly make a wild card or win the division and make the playoffs. If they're one of their strong suits is to like stop the run, which is your only offense, that's an issue. Definitely. Um, is there anything else I'm missing that's going on around the league right now? I mean, we mentioned before um, we started recording that uh, the Patriots had lost Stephen Goskowski yeah. to injury. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly the injury was. I think it was a hip injury. Probably hip injury, something like that, like lower extremities. But um, he will be on IR, which means he has to mix, miss eight weeks. Um, but they just had kicker tryouts today, and they signed Mike Nugent, who I think is a reliable 
kicker. I think the Giants had him for like two seconds, <laughs> <laughs> literally, because like the next game they didn't need him. Um, but then he's he's been around the league. He I think he was um, on the Bengals. I think for he was a while. on the Bengals. I think he was on like the Chargers at some point, and then. Um, but I think he's a reliable kicker. That was a good signing by them. Um, and then they signed Young Ho Koo. What is it, Young Hui Koo or Young Ho Koo? I, I don't even know how to pronounce but it. But he's like number one trending because everyone's like, Young Ho. Like, what, yeah. Imagine the people that don't watch football as much as we do thinking like, Young Ho. Like, why, are they, why is that number one trending? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's on the practice squad. Um, so that's what's going on there. Uh, I don't think I'm missing anything else. You know what? Let's just jump into week four, see what we saw, see what we're going to see moving forward. Um, I want to jump into the first game of the week, which so happens to be the Eagles-Packers on Thursday Night Football. Um, why am I so bad with picks? Like, I feel like this should have been a layup. You want to you wanna Because know the what... Packers, what happened? You we're going to get into everything. You want to know what absolutely killed me? What? Was I was in... After uh, last week we recorded on Wednesday... I have a class on Thursday night that a lot of my friends that are in, we talk about like betting and we'll bet in class because it's boring and no one pays attention. Even though you don't bet. Yeah, we, w- I don't, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Like some of my friends will bet and we'll, we'll go over because no we one. We got to start betting. Like, just yeah, like no, no one cares what's going on in class. So we're sitting there like talking about betting. And I think it was some like, obs- like obscene thing. It was like plus seven and a half for the Eagles or something. And I was just like, what? I thought it was like, pl- I think I had, I don't remember what it was. I think I had was, the Packers. Minus three and a half because they're a favorite at home. It was like, but it, I don't know when it, it was crazy though. Like they were changing all. It was like seven or six or something, and I was like, I would take that bet because I know it's going to be close. Like you, Eagles and, plus seven. Yes, and I was like, and I, I know it's going to be close. And I'm like, I feel like that might happen. And yeah, I took the I took I the Packers minus three and a half. Take it, and I would have actually won the freaking bet. And I'm upset yep. I didn't take it. What sports book was it? FanDuel? Oh. Uh, might have been FanDuel. Yeah, because I'm on DraftKings. I, was, I think it was FanDuel. Yeah, maybe. Um, if DraftKings had plus seven, I would take that. <laughs> um, I would even go as far as like, like sometimes I'm in, I'm in DraftKings and I'm always like, I should really start doing point spreads because, mm-hmm. you know, like even though it doesn't win me any more money, I feel like I, you have a better chance of winning if you have the right pick. Whereas Moneyline, which I've done very well with this year, not not so much right now, but um, like money line, if you they're not favored by a lot, um, like, like in this case, like the Eagles, um, they probably would have been like plus one twenty something, that like almost doubles your pay, and so you're kind of just like, I think I'll just outright win it. Like, what's the worst that could yeah. happen? And, and that's what I tend to be doing. Um, but yeah, as of as of recently, I've been betting money line, and that's not, I haven't been working out, and I'll never bet on the Falcons ever again. So I, I think I've it's mentioned okay. that already, it's and okay. you know. No, no offense, right? Because I like the Falcons. I've I, thirteen games inside a dome. I wouldn't expect them to be one and three at this point, which is kind of ridiculous. But you know what? No more Falcons we'll, for me. We'll no more Giants for me either. We'll but, get um, to it. Yeah, I digress we'll, there. We'll get to it. Yeah. I, I have a lot to say. <laughs> but final score to this game: the Eagles won thirty-four to twenty-seven. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles move on to two and two, while the Green Bay Packers. Uh, move back to three and one, and there's a lot of questions in this game. A lot of people are now questioning Matt Lafleur and Adam Aaron. Mm. Ro- Ar- I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't question that. What it came down to was just a really bad call. That's at the why end of the game. they're questioning it. I mean, we'll jump, we'll go into that now, because uh, um, that, that's that's literally the highlight of that game. That it was is like, yeah. what what happened? They threw the ball four times, and like more than like I think like eighty percent of them went to Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham was like, you know what? I haven't worked on my one handed catches lately. Let's see if I could just like haul it in with my right hand. For one for number one, okay. Earlier in the game, when Jamal Adams had to leave, Jamal. Oh my God, I'm missing him. Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. <laughs> I almost said Adam Rogers before. 
This is ridiculous. Like the second a microphone's in my face, I forget everyone's name. Uh, but no, um, yeah, Jamal Williams. The second he left on a stretcher, um, they scored later in that drive mm-hmm. with none other than their running back, who is considered the number one running back in um, Aaron Jones. You, just, you can see me struggling with names right now. Yeah, Aaron Jones, and they score with him. Every single play later in the game, they just don't use him. Any other scoring opportunity they had with Aaron Jones, didn't use him. And who did they go to? None other than Jimmy Graham in the end zone. Um, and they're on the one-yard line. I'm pretty sure I saw, like, a play action. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if you just gave him that ball, he's right there. He's, like, in the end zone as we speak. And you just had to pass it and, like... Uh, what was it? There was like a miscommunication with Jimmy Graham and uh, Aaron Rodgers in like the corner of the left end zone, and like it just and Aaron Rodgers was like, where are you at? And then that's no that awful play calling. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is taking too far of a step back, and he needs to go to like Lafleur and be like, dude, I don't need this game winning touchdown. I can just give it to the running back. We're good to go. I, I just don't know. I just don't understand what happened there. Why are we Why are we throwing the ball four times I, at the one yard line? I mean. Obviously, everyone was comparing it to the Super Bowl. Which, I was just going to say. Because it was like the almost exact same play. It looked very similar. Well, it's worse for the Seahawks because they had one of the best running backs in the league at the and time. And it was a Super Bowl. But Aaron so. Jones is more than capable of doing so. What is like the lack of confidence of running backs this year? We have Devontae Freeman. We have Aaron Jones. We have Todd, Todd Gurley. What's all happening? All of your running backs, too. Yeah. In fantasy. Dave, all of them. I mean, I'm not going to say. I mean, I'll throw David Johnson in there as like an honorable mention because, yes, they are passing on the ball and he's getting, some, he's getting in the end zone, but... They're certainly not running it as much, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I mean, I also know at the uh, that that play, there was like the questionable call of whether it was pass interference or whether it should have been called. I mean, I, I saw that the league has a lot of issues right they now. They have with that no call. idea what the hell pass interference is. No, and I mean, not we'll, a clue. We'll jump into that the um, the Bengals Steelers game later. Not as much because that was an awful game, but um, there was that uh, there uh, they called the pass inter- offensive pass interference where it was kind of just like. Hand on hand, like you know, just feel touch. Like I'm just looking for the ball. I want to know where he's at. Yeah. And they show they showed the replay, and the announcers like, I don't know about that. I think Mike Tomlin's a challenge. Kept it. And Mike Tomlin challenges it, and then they come back from commercial, and they're just like, Yeah, ruling on the field stands. And you saw the face on Mike Tomlin. He's like, Like, because I think that announcer said that um, they spoke to him like previously, and they were just like, I'm not sure what to do with these calls because you're you're basically giving up a timeout. Yeah. And you're like you're basically losing a timeout. And imagine like crucial crucial situations like where like the game's on the line, and well, they yeah, have I mean, been doing that, and they they're still not calling. Well, it. I mean that's the thing. Like if they were, uh, you can't challenge within two minutes. But if they were to challenge, like let's say this happened right over before the two minute warning, and there was this uh, crucial call where then he threw the pick, but they were saying the receiver got interfered with. Oh, they 100%. challenge it at that point. You know, all right, fine. Like that's a good challenge. It's literally for the game. Yeah. But what happens is then. Wasn't the it like reps, turnovers are reviewable too? Wasn't it? That yes. Thing? But but what's what's going on? But what I don't understand is I think with turnovers <laughs> you can review a turnover and if you see a pass interference in the turnover you're allowed to call it. Then why are we I, doing I that? I think that's the thing. Like I don't know they've they've changed the rules a million times, but nobody knows what pass interference is and it's very frustrating. It is very frustrating because, because I do think that last play was yeah, clearly and, pass and it discourages coaches. I mean, I, that's probably their point. They don't want them to challenge it. But if that's a, a rule, you have to do it correctly. You can't just call it. You can't just screw over teams just because you don't want them to challenge pass interference. Yeah. It's a rule. You have to like it, it's it's 
a rule. You have to follow it. You can't just use it when you want. Like I remember week one when we were watching the Eagles playing uh, the Falcons, yeah. and th- we were like sitting there, and it was like all like they they Dan Quinn challenged it because Julio was like pushed down, he was grabbed, and we were all of us were in agreement like oh, that's that's gonna get called, whatever. Like yeah. w- we'll wait for the commercial break, and they came back and they didn't re- they didn't overturn it. Like they they said there was no interference, and that was like, like I what was that week two. Yeah. I mean, we saw, like, it, it's still early in the season, but we saw it in preseason, like, coaches were challenging it, nothing was happening. So you saw it very early on in preseason that they did not want to make the change, but it's a rule I feel like you have to do it correctly, regardless of what they want. Well, apparently there's, like, speculation that apparently all the NFL all the uh, NFL referees aren't about that. Like, they don't want to, like, they hate the rule. Like, That's what I'm it. saying. But It's because um, after the situation that happened uh, with the Rams and the Saints, um, every team was on except for one team. And I found this out from the Pat McAfee show. And guess who was the one team that didn't vote on implementing the rule? 31 teams did it except one. Was it the Rams? No. I don't think you'll ever guess it. Guess one more. Uh, the Cardinals? I don't know. The Bengals. The, ba- the Bengals? The Bengals were the only team not to vote on it. And so uh, Pat McAfee was like, "You so keep that in mind because when we because the Monday night game passed and they didn't overturn it. So they were like, you know what? Since they didn't vote on it, let's just give it to them. <laughs> but I don't know if you saw um, Marquez Valdez Scantling posted oh on Twitter. Um, he like so, even like the casual fan can notice that. Like I know there's like instant replay, and anyone mm-hmm. with like a set of eyes could see um, that it's pass interference. And it's and then Marquez Valdez Scantling goes on his Twitter and he replies to him, he's like he's like I'm not an expert in ref in like you know refing or making these type of calls, but take a look at this video. And even the fan knows that it's completely pass interference well that's the thing like i'll be watching some of the games and like i don't know obviously every single rule there is within the nfl i just know most of the rules that are are very common that they'll be called because then you start to hear the the refs explain it or you'll look it up or you'll hear about it whatever like i I feel relatively okay with the the main rules that get called and the whole thing is like when they were saying with the bengals when they were saying like the push off or whatever there was no push off he didn't push off it wasn't you know, he. I don't. I. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's either. just what sucks. Is it's up to the. I guess it's up to the discretion of that official, and every official has a different opinion. I so guess. every time it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a different call because it's up to them. It's not. It's not like you know you're sitting here and it's like a false start. Like you see a false start. Everyone's sitting there like, okay, that's a false start. Yeah. Like you can see that. But for pass interference, holding, stuff like that, that's just up to the ref to make that call, yeah. what they think. And there are refs that love to throw flags on those, and there are refs that don't want to get into it and let them play. So it just depends on who's there. But don't let that distract you from the fact that you're passing four times. Oh, on yeah. The, no, that's ridiculous. On the one-yard line. I'll never forget that. That's I, honestly ridiculous. You would think, I mean. Like, I why not, is, like, sneak it? Maybe with their quarterback, like you could do Aaron Rodgers. You could do ten plays with those. Like you can do like a double crisscross or something like that to fake them out or something. Yeah, I mean, and you just didn't do anything. And and what what's funny is like you would think that after watching that Super Bowl, you learn like okay, this is not a good idea. You don't really want to try this. I mean, I know Marshawn Lynch is not on the Packers. He's not the running back behind there. But but still, you see what you could do with Aaron Jones. You exactly the fact that you're just not letting him do that. I'm sure he's angry about that too. Yeah, I mean, has to be. Give him a shot. Like if if you go on like first down and you're looking at the defense and they just seem to be overpowering your offense, fine. Maybe then try like a play action or maybe try a pass because you don't think you're going to get in because they're killing your offensive line. But like, give it the shot. At least attempt it. 
Yeah, and um, and some other things I want to cover for this game too. Uh, Carson went 16 for 27, 160 yards uh, through the air and three touchdowns. He didn't do too bad this game, and you can see how much of a difference it makes when he has Alshon Jeffrey out yeah. there. Because the week before, I think he was just lost without any yeah. of his guys out there. So I think him coming back made a big difference. And also, can we start using Jordan Howard? Because look exactly, look at exactly what he did this game. He had two touchdowns on the ground, 15 carries, 87 yards. Imagine what would happen if you give him like 23 carries or in the 20 range. Um, and he also could be in the passing game, surprisingly. Um, he had three receptions, 38 yards, and a touchdown. And it, by the way, that surprisingly wasn't sarcastic. I know exactly what he can do. I, mean, I watched him with the Bears. I thought they were going to keep him. But I guess Matt Nagy and John Fox have no idea how to use him. And supposedly, the Eagles don't either because it's always been like that for them where it's running back by committee. I think – don't jump into Miles Sanders so quickly. I mean, he didn't do too bad, 11 carries, 72 yards. But he should be your number one guy. I mean, you're the, you signed him first. You didn't even draft Miles Sanders first. Um, I mean, if, if it's effective, use them both. That's fine. But I think if you really give the opportunities to Jordan Howard, you could definitely see how that takes a load off Carson Wentz because he only threw 460 yards and mm-hmm. had three touchdowns. So yeah, it kind of, he still won. Yeah, exactly. And it gives him a lot of time to really think about breaking down the defense and, instead of, you know, scrambling for a play or trying to find an open man and Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz when they're not open and, mm-hmm. you know, cost them a game. But you, you you saw in this game exactly what they can do in offense. Yeah, but, but this is what you need. If you are the Eagles offense, that's what you want from your running backs because you do not want Carson Wentz running all over the place, getting hit. He has injury problems. You don't have Nick Foles anymore. You don't want to be put in that position to where you're letting him get hit a lot with an injury-prone quarterback from the past. You just you don't want to even talk about that. You by letting seeing that their running back scored two on the ground and one in the air, that's a good sign. I also it's wanted to sign. talk about this. Um, t- two two uh, players in this game had to leave on a stretcher. Yeah, and that shouldn't go untalked about because what the first time it happened was with Derek Barnett, mm-hmm. and then it almost happened again um, with uh, Devonte Adams, and this was before he had the turf toe injury. Um, where there was like a, a face mask that like basically pulled his head like, yeah, almost, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. all the way around. And you could see in the slow-mo and the replay that Derek Barnett was coming in again with his helmet. So it's kind of like if it wasn't for that face mask, there probably would have been another helmet, helmet, head-to-head helmet hit, and th- that probably would have been talked about, but no one's talking about it because it, it didn't happen. But what's going on with this Eagles team? Because the second person that left on a stretcher was Maddox, their cornerback, who mm-hmm. was doing awful all game. But didn't he get his, hit by his He teammate? got hit by Sandeo. Yeah. Who was also leading with his helmet and shoulder. And I just I don't understand. It's like, it's frustrating because you're the hurting league, these guys. Because the league is trying to prevent this. This is what the, but this is you, why there's all these rules but, and fines because of they don't want this happening. But why isn't Barnett like suspended for a game or fined this and that? But we have Vontez Perfect and I know yeah, I know. I mean I, I, know. I hate comparing that because Vontez Perfect has had his issues in the past. But, but that's like a, the same type of hit. So why is. isn't there any consequence for him either? I don't but understand that's, that. that. I mean, as you mentioned before, there's issues with the league, and that's just one of them. It's it's. I mean, he's not a well-known guy. He's not somebody that's you know a, a top guy. He's he's on the good list. But Vontez Perfect, as you mentioned, is on the bad list. He's very well known for not being a nice guy. He makes a lot of big hits, dirty hits. That's what he's known for. Yeah. So I feel like at this point, they're just trying to punish him. But where is the line that's like... That's the problem. Here's one game, two game suspension, but then there's you're out for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's the problem. And I mean, I guess they're looking at it as this: he's not learning from 
what he's done well, in the past. Clearly not, because he went on and like blew kisses to the like that deserved to be suspended for the whole season alone because it's pretty yeah, messed up. It could have paralyzed Jack Doyle, but I, for I, Barnett, literally, I, this I think been the he should have been suspended. That could have been the case today. Jamal Williams probably couldn't be walking today if that happened. I, what would you do at that point? I personally think. If you're going to suspend, they don't have to have the same length of a suspension. So, like, Burfitt getting suspended the whole year, I get it. He's had history with this. But for some linebacker, he's a linebacker, right, Barnett? He's a linebacker? Barnett, yeah. Yeah, so with some linebacker to be going out there and making a hit like that, and then, as you mentioned, possibly could have done it again if if Devontae Adams' face mask didn't get yanked, that's not a good start. No. Like, that's not a good sign. That, that means that he's playing dirty, and then one but, of their own guys had to go out. Like, that's not... You need to be on top of that because you don't want this going on. More and more people will get hurt. It's going to happen. I think you have to think about this too. Know when to tackle too because at the same time, when Jamal Adams was hit, he was already being brought down. Like It was kind of like a stalemate where they're trying to bring him down, but at the same time he's like holding himself up to gain like two yards. But like when that happens, they blow the whistle like two seconds later. Didn't this so you coming in and throwing your helmet, like basically throwing your head at this guy, that, that's not yeah. going to help you at all. What does that do to him? Because there's, your, your teammates are behind him trying to tackle him, and you hit him from the front, that's like a collision like from both sides, basically. Yeah, I mean, this happened like a, like two or so years ago to Devontae Adams. The same thing was happening. He caught the ball down the middle of the field. He was Trevathan. running. Yeah, I was going right. to say, I forgot who it was. Yeah, yeah it's Danny Trevathan on the Bears. He was, uh, was, he was, he was running, and he was basically down, and Trevathan just came and nailed him. That's, that's essentially what happened to Williams. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And I mean, I'm pretty sure Trevathan got suspended. I think for I a think game he, or two. I, but he got suspended. But so. clearly he hasn't done that again. But but my point is, it's weird that now, you know, fast forward two years and that same hit happens, and yeah. they're saying how they're trying to protect more and more players, but yet they're not suspending on a, on the, the exact same hit, basically. It, and with Maddox, it wasn't even a Packers player. It was his own guy. I know. Zendeo, then yeah. doing the same type of hit to his own guy. It's like, no one to tackle. You don't need to tackle him in that scenario. Why come in and be a hero? Like, two guys are on him already. What's you coming in? And the, I, I, they're they're probably trying to knock the that. ball out at that point. I they're, guess they're, so. they're trying to knock the ball out because they want to try to seal the game or whatever, or get a turnover and try to like capitalize. I mean, congrats! But the ball the ball did drop out of Jamal Adams Jamal Jamal Williams's hands, but at like what cost? You know? Yeah, it was it was uh, their health is way more important than a freaking turnover. But yeah. um, but on the Packers side, I mean, we already went over what the big issue was here. Which yep. is pretty much the play calling when. You know, times get tough because again, Aaron Rodgers showed that he can be Aaron Rodgers right before the half. They scored with like a minute left. I'm mm-hmm. like, I remember the second there was like a minute left on the clock, and like um, it was about to be halftime. Like Aaron Rodgers has plenty of time here mm-hmm. to make a score, and he got it to Geronimo Allison in the end zone. That's the type of Aaron Rodgers I want to see because not only is he going to Geronimo Allison instead of like Devonte Adams, who was having a pretty good game by halftime, um, or any of these other guys, and they're obviously not going to their running backs. Um, I like those plays because it it shows that he can utilize every utilize everyone. But when you're throwing four times and most of them are to Jimmy Graham, that just doesn't show me anything. It's just kind of like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Aaron Jones, he only had 13 carries for 21 yards and that one touchdown, and they just pretty much didn't give him the ball after that. Um, they were playing from behind. I mean, I'll give I'll give you that, but you had pl- you have plenty of opportunities to use them to kind of you know slow the game down a little bit, change the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae Adams, I'm not sure if he's playing this week, but he did have that turf toe injury. Um, which didn't look too good when I first saw it on the replay. Um, but he had 10 receptions, 180 yards, and he had like f- a couple of attempts in the end zone. And I think if he stayed in the game, I think they were looking towards He would have had 200 yards and a touchdown. At oh, least. yeah. At My least. fantasy team would have probably won that week. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not, I mean, we start off hot because they, they were the first team to play during the week. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, every, it, I think that would have definitely been a big help. And, I mean, Jimmy Graham, uh, six receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. That's good on paper, but... 
catch with two hands, please. Because what is that going to do for you and your team by catching with one hand? And even that first touchdown, it looked like he had it with one hand too. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like I mentioned before, Jerome Allison, a reliable target, um, as well as Marcus Valdez-Scantling when they need to use him. I mean, not much to see here. It's just kind of a surprise that the Eagles were able to pull this off on the road in Lambeau because it's a yeah. tough, t- tough place to play. And on a Thursday night game, um, yeah, pretty tough. Um, so next game on the docket, do you uh, you want to go Chiefs-Lions here? Or do you want to go Giants-Redskins? Just do the Giants first. All right, because I have a lot like... to say about this game. Yeah, that's all right. Just just do it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so um, the Giants won this game uh, 24-3 against the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins fall to 0-4, and their head coach, Jay Gruden, will probably be fired by Monday. And I think they're going to part ways with him right after the game ends, I think. I think the second the game ends, they're going to fire him. Um, but the <laughs> but the Giants are 2-2, two and two, um, playing again at home against the Minnesota Vikings, who are also 2-2. Two and two. Um, But let's talk about how the Giants played this game. So like I mentioned before, and I'm not saying this is, it was a hot take, because clearly it was going to happen, but Daniel Jones' his mistakes were going to come, and this was the game. And he probably could have almost had three interceptions. He was lucky to get two, both of them to the same player, because he made the same mistake twice, and he thought he was going to be able to get away with it the second time. Yeah. Um, to Dunbar. Um, but yeah, he, he went 23 for 31, 225 yards and a touchdown, and then the two picks, like I mentioned before. So not a bad game, but again, you come out with the win, you kind of forget about it. Um, yeah. Wayne Gallman takes place of Saquon Barkley while he's dealing with a high ankle sprain, and he should be looking to be back. I don't think they're actually going to pull the trigger on Sunday. I think they're kind of doing that thing that NFL teams do where they like want to throw off their opponent. And yeah. Like maybe the Vikings now are like, they might play Saquon on Sunday. I, I don't think he, he's going to be playing. But I don't think so either. When would the narrative come in that Wayne Gallman was a bad running back? Who started that? Uh, Probably just because Saquon is so elite. I mean, yes, you're in the shadow of Saquon Barkley. And yes, he's a generational talent. He's a phenomenal player. I mean, he's out here sprinting with a high ankle sprain. High ankle sprain is one of the worst injuries you could have because it literally goes up your shin and you could probably feel in your knee on initial... Um, you know, yeah. initial impact on the injury. Um, but you know he's superhuman. We know that his quads are probably carrying him to the promised land right now because he's out there cutting and running and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Wayne Gallman again. He was in Clemson. He got drafted. He probably could have still been our guy today if we still drafted the guy like uh, Rosen or Darnold at the at the pick we um we chose him at. But Saquon Barkley falls into your hands, and you have to be in the shadow of him. It's a little tough to come out of that. But I I don't think the narrative that he is a bad running back should have ever been there. I j- I just think it's just people being idiotic. Like I understand Saquon Barkley's like really really good, and anyone who any other name besides him as a giant running back, you don't think they're good, but they're one of the best offensive lines like run blocking ever, so it's kind of like, how is he not going to be good? He's kind of yeah. set up for success at this point because he had 18 carries, 63, 63 yards, a touchdown on the ground, as well as um, a touchdown receiving too. So we had he had a pretty solid game. So I feel like, I don't know, I just, I just don't understand why people ever thought that because he's, he's a very competent running back. Um, let's see, Sterling Shepard had seven receptions for 76 yards. Um, they officially have Golden Tate back coming into this week. So expect teams to kind of uh, be a little confused about this because he looks to Sterling Shepard a lot, as he should, because he's their number one, basically, at this point. Um, but I think having Golden Tate, again, he had that rapport with him in the preseason. He worked with him, and he knows exactly how to pass to him. And I'm talking about Daniel Jones. Um, and I, I think now this will definitely be a good change of pace here because it's kind of like you now you have two threats. Um, but, yeah, Sterling Shepard, 7 for 76. Um, Evan Ingram, 4 receptions, 54 yards. 
And, uh, yeah, I feel like the, st- the story of this game wasn't the offense. It was mostly the defense. The defense did very, very well this game. Um, Ryan Connolly had an interception, but unfortunately he's out for the year with an ACL tear, so that sucks. So we have to hopefully uh, get Alec Ogletree back as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, but I really like Ryan Connolly because he had, like, three picks in, like, the first three games of the yeah. season. Um, and then you have Janoris Jenkins with two picks. He was the NFC Player of the Week, and it's funny how narratives can change from he's one of the worst corners in the league to being NFC Player of the Week and having two interceptions. And, I mean, I'll credit him with these, but at the same time, um, the fact that the other team had to make a quarterback switch and go to a very young guy is kind of like you have to make the best of this opportunity. I think that's what exactly what he did. Um, and then Jabril Peppers had a pick, too. And I feel like it was kind of storybook because you're in MetLife Stadium. That's mm-hmm. Jabril's home where he was in high school. Um, and you had Dwayne Haskins, who is also from New Jersey. So Dwayne Haskins, a Jersey kid, throws a pick to another Jersey kid on a New York Giants team, and he takes it back for a pick six in MetLife Stadium. So I think that was pretty cool. And I, I love Jabril. Um, I think a lot of people don't talk about him enough because, again, he was a number one. He was a, a re- first-round pick uh, for the Browns uh, before being traded um, in the Odell trade. So um, I definitely do think, you know, we're going to see more from Jabril uh, this year. I think he's, he's going to perform well at home. But, yeah, their defense did – very phenomenally this game. Do you think they're going to perform this way against the Vikings at home this week? See, this is this is what I was going to say with, with this whole team is they got the win. The Giants got the win, and that's all that matters. In terms of, you know, stats for, for trying to move on with your season, a win is a win, and you go forward. But Jabril's was a pick six, so there's seven points right there. So if you take that off, the, the offense got 17 points, yeah. and, and the defense got seven. So you look at you look at this stat, but Daniel Jones threw two interceptions. Most teams that you know, let's say like they make it to the playoffs, or let's say they're they're fighting for a playoff spot with a good team, and like they have to face them. Most teams are going to capitalize on that, but the the Redskins are having a tough time on offense, and they didn't have their main receiver out there, which no. really hurts them. So and I feel like before that happened, I chose the Redskins like plus three and a half. Yeah, and and, and I feel like yes, the, the like I said, it's a win is a win, but. Be careful because it was it's not being talked about in a negative light because they won, but two interceptions and I mean, yes, their defense looked good, but I feel like it's because of their the main weapon was not there, and the only other person on the offense that is I guess would be significant would have been a p but when you're down by so much, you can't use him well, that's true, but you also have a guy like Case Keenum who's been in this league for a while and has had a run He's- with the Vikings. Is overthrowing guys like Trey Quinn, who two steps after he catches the ball is probably in the end zone. Yeah, and he did it twice. Yeah, not once but twice, and that's when they decided to, you know, sit him out and then put. Yeah, but and and but that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's a win, but you just have to be careful. And like what you said with the Vikings, I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate this because this was just an overall awful performance by the Redskins. Like they did not do anything right. You're saying they're they're missing throws. They're they're getting turnovers and not capitalizing capitalizing yeah. on it. They were having a rough time. I feel like the Vikings are a different team. I feel like they they can like you know let's say they have two turnovers. I feel like they might get points off of that. And I feel like Kirk Cousins hasn't been doing great in terms of passing. But that means they're gonna run the ball. I mean, yeah. Uh, who knows how they're gonna change the game plan this week? Because literally, like we mentioned before, Stephon Diggs isn't too happy, so they're gonna have to please him somehow. And you're also gonna have to please Adam Thielen. And I think this is a perfect game for them to be like, listen, this is a defense that has been good over the past two weeks, but we could take advantage of this. We're a better offense. Um, than anything that we can take over this defense. So maybe they'll start throwing the ball, but it, it, obviously it's it's not a hot take either by saying that Dalvin Cook is probably going to have 200 yards on the ground because they're 
the Giants have no pass rush. They have no, you know, their, you know, defensive front isn't too great right now because they've given up so many yards on the ground to the past couple yeah. teams. It's kind of like this is a recipe uh, for failure for the Giants, but well, a recipe for that's success for them. Exactly because the Giants' problems on defense is is a hard time. Like they're stopping with the run. And the the Vikings' strong suit is running the ball. When they run the ball a lot, they win the game. Yeah. When they they don't have Kirk Cousins throwing it as much as he can, the Vikings will win the game. And then that's where it's kind of it's tough. It's just kind of like why do you sign this guy to three years, which and that's not a lot of time because we're in our no. second year already. Yeah. And he has one more year. And what are you going to do in that last year if nothing happens? You're going to have to pretty much reset. And you have you're stuck with these guys that are getting paid, and you're going to probably have to. You're not going to sign anyone. You're probably going to get a rookie quarterback. Probably. And they're going to have to, you know, like unless you're getting Mahomes, you're not doing anything. You yeah. know, you're not getting a, a player like Mahomes. I mean, they have a pretty good shot, but I think they're way too good to have a high draft pick. So it's kind of yeah. Like, I don't. I don't think they're gonna. They're gonna have to maybe. The best shot they have is probably trading Diggs and getting a high draft pick. Yeah, I think that's what they might do. I mean, we'll jump into that a little later because I want to talk about their play against the yeah. the Bears, but I just wanted to talk about the Vikings because that's who their opponent is coming to this week. Um, that should be a pretty good matchup because I yeah. think Daniel Jones, this is the type of defense I want to see him go against. You know, This is the defense. It's it's a tough defense. It's gonna yeah, be and a their good, schedule uh, gets a little harder. Yeah, it's, it's going uh, to be a good indicator how he can adapt and kind of perform when – Type facing a tough defense like this that. is a game that'll probably solidify for him. Like if he does really well, and I'm not sure if he can perform the way he did against the Bucks, because again that was also a good team. We'll talk mm-hmm. about them later too. If you can do something like that or something similar, I think people are already going to have him b- booked as like rookie of the year. And but imagine having like Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley be rookie of the year back to back. Yeah, that'd be absolutely insane. But anyway, let's jump into um, the Redskins for a second here because uh, not we pretty much covered a lot of it, but. What what do you think of throwing Haskins in there halfway through to the the game? Because you could tell Jay Gruden has been putting that off for a very long time. He literally said um, when he spoke to the media that I, I can't be switching quarterbacks back and forth. And now going into this week, he has no quarterback plan. Apparently, he even said that he's like, you know what? I have no idea because uh, he said we're gonna throw the guys in there and see who's the best that comes out. And um, supposedly. Um, from Adam Schefter that Colt McCoy might be the guy. So where did that come from? Yeah, I think honestly he knows he's out. And at this point he's like, well, screw it. I'm just going to do what I feel like doing at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like when when you're coaching and you're coaching for a job and you still have hope, you're not going to make these big like risk because it's going to, it's huge. It, it can cost him the job. But now there's already, it's basically set in stone. He's going to lose his job. He's kind of at this point, well, I might as well kind of like see what I could do, see do what I want to do, and then what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to get fired anyway. So I mean, I, I truthfully think, I don't think Jay, uh, Jay Gruden had any say as to who he wanted with the pick in the draft. I think the front office kind of made him pick Haskins because yeah. he was available. Uh, do you think this happens with Haskins next year where if, he's, if uh, Jay Gruden is out, which I definitely believe he will be after Sunday, um, do you think if they go – Far worse from here. They're already at 0-4, so it can only be going downhill from here. Maybe you'll win a game every now and then, but you're going to get a high draft pick. Say they get Tua on the board, and they're like, we should pick this guy because he's going to—he's a generational talent. He's going to change the game for us. Um, and they, they pretty much pull a Josh Rosen mm-hmm. where they're going to have to move on from Haskins two seconds into him being with the organization and drafting him. Do you think that's a possibility of happening? I mean, I I think that all depends on who wanted that pick. If what you're saying with Gruden where he didn't want that pick, 
but it was the organization, I don't think they're going to do it. Because I think the organization picked him because they wanted him to be the future. If that was a Gruden pick and he's moved on from, then they're going to say, well, that was not our decision. That was his, and he's out. So now we're moving on from him as well because we didn't see it. It was Gruden who's no longer here. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a good possibility. I mean, I feel like there's going to be a high possibility that happens with a lot of players moving yeah. forward maybe, um, especially in quarterbacks because, you know, I can't think of another scenario, but it might happen with Josh Rosen again yeah. if something happens. So, like you say, yeah. if they are in that same opportunity to get to, well, maybe that happens. But, um. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna dive into this offense. I mean, they didn't have their they didn't have their best guy out there. I mean, you could say that, but it, there's no excuse for a guy like Case Keenum to be missing wide open passes. That's, that's yeah. just absolutely ridiculous. Because he could have compromised our defense, and we would have we'd be talking we'd be having a different conversation today if oh, those yeah. ended up being scores. Because it probably would have been a much closer game. But moving on, because we have more exciting games to talk about, such as the Chiefs and the Lions. So we'll mm-hmm. jump into that a little bit. Um, Pat Mahomes, surprisingly, we mentioned on this podcast, and I was also on Twitter and everything, so it's not surprising, but um, last time Pat Mahomes played in the Dome was in college. He had 600 yards passing and six touchdowns, so we were expecting the type of game like that to happen. But Pat Mahomes had zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. And I think that was like his first game where he didn't have a touchdown to yeah, the probably, probably. Um, he, had, he had 24 completions for 42 attempts and 315 yards. This score, I forget, I keep forgetting to say the score first, but the score was 34 to 30. Um, the Chiefs move on to 4 and 0, and then the Detroit Lions are 2 1 and 1, and they actually put up a pretty good fight in this game. Um, and we'll talk about why they probably had a better, he could have had the opportunity to win this game if. A couple things didn't happen. But mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, again, had no touchdowns. But th- I, I heard from the announcer, I think it was Charles Davis, who was also a Madden announcer. Yeah. So I hear him all the time because <laughs> I'm always playing Madden. But uh, he said, if there's anything to take away from this game from Pat Mahomes, it's that he won this game as a smart quarterback. He didn't win this game being like the absolute MVP and having to run around, sling the ball as much as he can to try to win this game. He won this game by motivating his teammates and saying – we can go out there and win this game. I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a very smart thing to say because uh, Pat Mahomes, this just went on to show me too that he he doesn't have to make a huge impact on the offense in order to win games, and that's exactly what he did here. 34 points on the board and none of that belonged to Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely yeah. insane. Uh, but LaShawn McCoy had 11 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown, um, including – did you see – like? Those guys on the offense are just having a field day every single time they're out there. They're just like having the most fun they can because it was that Travis Kelsey reception and uh, he turned around and he did the the, the lateral back. Oh yeah, yeah. Sean McCoy. I thought that was absolutely insane too. Did you see Pat Mahomes that clip of him? Uh, he was literally in the middle of a play. He's running the ball and he turns around, and looks at the ref. Oh yeah, yeah. To see if he threw a flag because he's like, I'm not running 50 yards if there's a flag. Yeah. How good do you have to be to turn around and check on the referee and be like, are you good? And then they keep running. That's absolutely insane. I love Patrick Mahomes. Um, but they get da- Damian Williams back this week. And yeah. um, I think he's going to leave a big impact, and I should be expecting a big impact from him. Just picked him up on my fantasy team. I didn't have to trade for him or anything. I was going to do that earlier on. Didn't pull through. Good thing I did. Um, but who knows? What do you think of Darrell Williams, and how is he going to impact the, uh, their rushing game and, and passing game? Uh, because he had eight carries for 13 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, and they didn't utilize Deshaun McCoy in those scenarios. So, do you think he gets a stab in you know how this running game is moving forward, or do they kind of no. he takes a step back? I, I, I think he's going back. I think he's going back to just being that third string. They already have issues with like trying to figure out between McCoy and Damian Williams. They they don't know who to pick, and I feel like by adding a third person in there, that's just way too difficult. It is. He he stepped up. He did his job, and that's going to be noted. 
for uh, future references if they need him, but I don't I don't think he's going to have a significant role. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I think th- I I really think Damian Williams could leave a big impact because last year, I, I'll never forget like the second you know Kareem Hunt left, I'm like, what are they going to do? Because that ground game was absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. They didn't miss a step because Damian yeah. Williams was able to perform the way he did, especially against the Patriots. Um, uh, to uh, for that I think it was that playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what was that playoff game? It might have been, yeah. Yeah, where it ended in Pat Mo- in the, you know overtime, and Pat Mahomes wasn't able to. Yeah, yeah, that do was that. a playoff game. Yeah, and and Damian Williams did well that game too. So that's why I really have this like weird thing with Damian Williams. I think he's better than people think he is. He just and hasn't I think gotten sh- much of an like opportunity. Chief, yeah, Chiefs just need to give him an opportunity. Uh, Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, eighty-five yards. We haven't seen him in the end zone that much lately. Um, neither has Sammy Watkins. He had seven, <laughs> uh, three receptions for fifty-four yards. Um, as well as Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman had a fumble this game, so he kind of disappeared after, I think, right after halftime started. Um, no, um, yeah, right after halftime going into the third quarter is what I meant. Um, but, yeah, uh, but I want to talk about the Lions. I feel like they were a big highlight in this game because it's kind of like this is a different Lions team. I think I have a mm-hmm. lot of faith in this team to make a good run in the NFC North because if the Vikings are going to continue to play like this and if they – take a loss to the Giants, I think that's going to impact them a lot. And I think the Detroit Lions are going to sneak in there and be like, maybe we can make a run for this. And we could actually, you know, try to not be the last team in this division anymore. But Matt Stafford, 21 for 34, 291 yards, three touchdowns. One of them was a touchdown to Galladay that was between four defenders. I don't know if you saw that. I that did. Was like an that absolutely was amazing. crazy. How does that happen? I've, I, he's, he's, uh, he's thrown different this year. I know he's thrown a lot different. But you know what I, you know why not a lot of people are talking about it? Because people are like, if this was Pat Mahomes, this would be covered on Cartoon Network, CBS, yeah. Nickelodeon. Every, everyone in the world would be covering it. It's just because it's Pat Mahomes. But you, you have to give credit to Matt Stafford there because he literally thread the needle between four different yeah, defenders. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. It's if you're talked about like that, you're gonna get all that coverage, and everybody else just maybe if they do something. They have to do something exceptional, but, I mean, yeah, he, he's got to get credits due there. So right here, I kind of have a bone to pick with Carrion Johnson. On paper, yes, 26 carries, 125 yards, um, no touchdowns, um, but also uh, two receptions for 32 yards. It's kind of like that's a pretty solid game, you would think, yeah. right? They get pretty close to the goal line. And what Carrion Johnson does is he inches closer, as a running back should, but you're not going to make it very far. So what he does is, not even close to the goal line, he's stretching the ball out with, like, two hands over his head as he's falling oh, to yeah. his back. And it ends up, like, falling. Like, I guess they hit it out. And with no whistle, and they, th- they thought the play was over, the Chiefs take it back for, like, a 99-yard that, fumble yeah. recovery. It's like, you're not even close to scoring. Why are you reaching like that? Yes, you want to gain every yard, but protect the ball. You don't want that happening. That probably could have won you the game. Yeah, I mean... I remember seeing that Why does play. like I feel like Carryon Johnson and I'll let you finish. Sorry for cutting you off. It's that Carryon Johnson, he can have a game like this and you can be like, "Oh, nice." But this that that's going to overshadow everything he did up to that point in the game. But anyways, go ahead. I mean, I remember seeing that play and I could not believe that they didn't blow a whistle cuz every time he was yep. he was very close to being down. Yep. And I'm just looking at this and I was like, "How is there no whistle?" Like it's it's crazy how they're preaching that the officiating is getting better and better, and I have yet to see it. I feel like, honestly, week to week, it's getting worse. Well, they also signed that bill where they're able to, well, I think it was a bill or some rule that the NFL signed where they're able to fire referees off bad performances now. Like, yeah, I, It's come to that point, it's, really? But, but what I'm saying is I feel like they've just, 
gotten worse. And it's it's amazing because the, we'll get to the Cowboys game, and there was there was some crucial, there there were some issues in that game too. I oh, feel Zeke, like right? yes, yeah. I, I feel like there was some mad, like bad, messed up bad calls there too. But I just feel like this game, it basically, I mean, you didn't really know it at the time, but it basically cost the Lions a game. Yeah. And it was one of those plays that I'd say nine out of ten times it's getting whistled down. Yeah. And then you review it, and you don't have enough evidence to overturn it, so you just leave it. And that's how, like I said, nine out of ten times, that's what's going to happen. But still, a lot of it is Teron Johnson's fault. Like, you could yes, easily have yes. just fallen. Take, like, you know, you're inching closer, yes, but what's the difference between being on the half-yard line and the one-yard line isn't insanely different. No. But what is different is losing to a whole score Yeah. because the defense was able to recover it with no whistle. You don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. protect the ball, young fella. But I love Carrion Johnson, dude. He's, <laughs> he's really good. I he's just amazing. I just hated that it had to happen because if he did score a touchdown on top of that, we're having a different conversation, and this yeah. kid had one of the best games yeah. probably of the week, but that fumble cost him. Yeah. I think it pretty much cost him the game. Yep, basically. Because how are you going to come back from that? It's kind of like... We you thought the play was over. Were, we didn't even try to stop this play from happening. You were inches away from, from scoring, and then yeah. you just watched it go the other way. Yep. Yeah. So here's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, Marvin Jones had three receptions, 77 yards. Very good. Um, I like Marvin Jones. They'll probably get on the ball a lot more. I like him as a deep threat, to, deep threat too, uh, whatever way you got to do it. But Kenny Galladay, he had five receptions, 67 yards, two touchdowns. But it probably should have almost been three touchdowns because it was the one play where he caught it in the back of the end zone and he bobbled it a little bit. But when he came down with the ball, it was in his possession. But you know how the NFL looks at it now. You have to, f- you have, to have full control mm-hmm. of the ball on the way down and everything in order to be considered a catch. But what I don't understand is it one it wasn't one of those situations where the defender got a hand on it and he was yeah. able to kind of sweep it out maybe like it was like 50-50 cuz when that happens it's kind of like all right cuz he he didn't get all all that ball it, you know he didn't corral it in mm-hmm. in this case he caught it bobbled it a little bit on the way down and he had the ball and yeah. they were, they looked they reviewed it I'm like that should be a touchdown and they said it wasn't and I'm like what is going on with this league? Like, Is it bad that, in my opinion, if you come down with the ball whatever way you can, and I understand if you're like bobbling the ball and maybe it doesn't look like you have 100% of it. The ball barely moved. But the ball moved maybe a little bit and just landed on his lap. Like yeah. That's a catch. You have the ball. You, it's it's in your hands. Why is it not a touchdown? And I like, don't understand. And, and, and this is the thing. And I mean, I know I've been watching football since I was young, and I mean, I'm sure the same with you. But it, it's getting frustrating because now what's happening is instead of you're sitting here like battling with two teams that are who's the better team, it's now who's going to get the calls and who's not. And it's unfortunate that that is the way that the NFL has gone, but it's very frustrating because when you're a fan of a team or you're rooting for a team that, that got the short end of the stick, it gets you annoyed. Because like we just said, there are two calls that could have gone in favor of the Lions that did not. And that would have won them the game. Two calls that, you know, if they were... I mean, I'm going to say the fumble was was correct. It was just a strange no whistle. I mean, I have, the, that, I have the play here. I kind of just wanted you to take a look at it because, I, I, I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen it, but what I don't know what you would consider this. Now, since, you know, the game's over and it's been decided and it's been a couple days, like... Oh, yeah, I remember seeing this. I, I believe it was, I believe it was a touchdown. a touchdown? We're looking at it right now. And even, like, in the replay, yes, it kind of looks like, oh, maybe he doesn't have all of it. But that defender had no chance of getting it. And it falls. It's in his hands. In his hands. He lands on it. 
like he doesn't land on it. He's already on his back. So how is that an incomplete pass? But I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's all in the eyes of oh. the actual official. It's no longer. There's no universal rule. I feel like they try to make a universal rule amongst the league with pass interference catches. I mean, literally nobody knows what a catch is anymore. But I, I with these things, they try to set in stone the you know two feet down, maintain possession, whatever. Like make a football move for catches. They try to maintain this. But like each ref has their own opinion, and you can't yep. take away an opinion from somebody. That's that everybody has their own opinion. So it's there's gonna be biases, there's gonna be skews. It's gonna happen, but it's just frustrating when it happens to your team because, and you know, other refs could have called that a catch, and it could and it basically it could have costed you. It's a good big part of why you didn't win, and it's it's frustrating, and it's been happening more and more. I feel like this year in the league with plays really changing the outcomes of games and it's unfortunate because I feel like it really changes like there could be teams like for example I mean let's say the Lions win that game they're still undefeated yeah that's crazy I mean but I, I still look at them in a different light because it's kind of oh like, definitely this is, this no is a, I, I definitely do I was expecting an absolute blowout but it's in their own home like in their own stadium in their own dome but it's but just it it's, they put up a yeah, good fight. I, I just I feel like the the refs are it's it's getting harder and harder to be a ref and I feel like these refs are getting, they're having issues. The league they're is like having corrupt. Issues. They're, they're like trying to turn this again. Like they're going by their own rules pretty yeah, much. It's, but um, it's whatever. But yeah, TJ Hawkinson also had a touchdown on three receptions, 27 yards and a touchdown, but he had to leave the game um, on a cart. Um, I'm not a sure if he, I, 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 they have a bye this week, I think. So yeah. I think they should be good going yeah. into next week. TJ Hawkinson should be back, but didn't look good when it first happened. But nope. other than that, we kind of pretty much went over everything. But yeah. um, there's the one thing, and I'm not going to get into it that much because we just spoke about the refs. But there was also like this, I think it was a non-call pass interference call in this game as well um, to the corner. I forgot his name, but it was in place of Darius Slay. And Darius Slay went on Twitter and was like, they would have called this on me if I was playing, 100%. So... That's also what happened in this game, too. But, uh, yeah, Chiefs move on 4-0. Lions, be on the lookout for those guys. They're a really, really good team. I want to talk about the Bucks and the Rams because I have a whole essay on them. I was trying to get into um, – I have Game Pass, so I'm trying to literally, like, watch the condensed games, like, in, like, 45 minutes to see, like um, – like, if I didn't catch all of it, I wanted to see what happened. So I pretty much got all of this game because I missed it entirely. So I was able to go back and watch it. But this game ended 55-40. to 40. Yes, 55-40. to 40. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers took the win here against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, the Buccaneers go to 2-2, two and two, um, which I don't think you were probably expecting because you were probably like, oh, yes, they get to lose this game. Yeah. Didn't happen. Um, but the Rams fall to 3-1 and one, and not a confident 3-1, and one, I would say. I think I'm, I'm no. very worried about this team. Um, but let's talk about what happened in this game. So Jameis Winston came into this game. Uh, with 380 yards passing, um, he had that performance um, against the Giants, which makes it the fourth most in his career. So it kind of looks like he's throwing the ball a lot more. He's starting to get comfortable. And you really saw that in this game, too. And, I mean, he had tw- he went 28 for 41, 385 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick, yes. But um, I think he performed very solid here. I think as the time goes on, I think he's slowly going to be able to make that contract. He's probably mm-hmm. going to get that contract. Um, yeah. And also, for almost uh, on their first drive, uh, kicker Matt Gay, who missed the field goal the week the before Giants. that could have won them the game, his first kick nearly misses on the first extra point attempt um, after missing the game before. So, But he was on the money for the rest of the game, but I figured I'd point that out. Um, but the Rams had a lot of issues with flags in this game. The Rams had too many false starts um, and holding calls. 
um, which pretty much caught like at the beginning of the game. That probably could have helped you a lot if those flags didn't happen, because that can't that cost you the game later on. Because you look back at those flags and you're kind of just like they would have been in better positions to probably score on those drives, and that that costs you. Like, yeah. False starts with one one of the better offensive linemen in the league. I I don't understand what was happening. I, they were I guess they were just off their game here, but yeah. I, I saw a lot of flags and they they weren't good, which. Definitely did cost him a little bit. Um, I wanted to point out Shaq Barrett on the defense of the Buccaneers. He had an amazing game. He causes he caused uh, Golf to throw a pick at the beginning of the second quarter, um, and then later on, I think he did he tip it. I think, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, no, the first one I think he tipped it, which caused an interception. And then the second time he ended up getting the interception. Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, I want to talk about Chris Godwin too. This dude's ability to get open is absolutely insane. Like the announcers kept saying, "How is he open all the time?" He he yeah. ends up like creating space. Um, it's just they're able to capitalize um, on him being open, and then I'm getting an end zone, um, and it put them on like a two score lead late earlier in the game, which pretty much helped them to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big factor in it. But all game you would see Chris Godwin get open somehow. Um, yeah, Goff threw uh, another pick uh, earlier in the game, too, to Levante David um, underneath when they were showing blitz, and I think he kind of missed that because uh, they're backing up, and that's pretty much where the pick happened. Also, um, yeah, the Bucks also had a throw uh, to, God- to God- Godwin again later in the game when he was motioning right in the end zone, and he like pretty much... Like, uh, he dropped his shoulder battling his way into the end zone, which is pretty cool, too. Again, Godwin, uh, it was 21-0 with eight minutes left in the first half by that point. So it's kind of like, I wasn't, ex- at that point, I wasn't expecting it to be any more crazy after that. And I was watching the game, and I'm like, how does this end 55-40? to 40? Somehow, some way yeah. it does. Um, but it did. Um, Todd Gurley, uh, we have yet to see this season, uh, he like rushed. He rushed for 13 yards, plowing his way into the end zone, and I thought he was going to go down at the one and not score a touchdown. Yeah, I saw um, but that. he ended up battling his way through. And I'm like, this is the Todd Gurley we've been missing. This mm-hmm. is the Todd Gurley I've been wanting to see this whole time. And even later in the game, they still decide not to give him the ball that much, which is a little absurd. Um, but yeah, so I got more on this game too. Um, Bucks led by 13 points with five minutes left at halftime. So the mo- the majority of this game, they were able to extend their lead by 11 points, like all the time. This ended in an 11 point deficit, and so I think like to- like whenever the the Rams would respond, they would respond even harder and be like, "No, we're mm-hmm. keeping this lead." So this is the first time in a while I've seen the Bucks be able to keep this lead by responding the way they did. Uh, there was um, a fair catch um, interference that put the Rams at the 50 yard line uh, after halftime, and then. Um, they got they got to the 15 yard line when they passed to Robert Woods, um, and Jared Goff started for some reason. He's like, you know what? I like Gerald Everett today, and he just starts throwing to him all the time. When you have Tyler Higby, who's a top 10 paid tight end yeah. in the league, he just didn't he just get paid? He just got paid, and he has one of the higher paid contracts by a tight end in the league right now. And we're th- we're throwing a Gerald Everett now, I guess. Um, but the, but the Rams did show some uh, some fight. They they tightened the score uh, to make it twenty one to fourteen with three minutes left before halftime, and then uh, Jameis starts just going after Godwin. Um, the Bucks O line actually did really well with run blocking. Um, they gave Ronald Jones a pretty solid chance at running the ball as well as Peyton Barber because they scored early on with Peyton Barber. But Ronald Jones was able to get the ball a lot more later on. The Rams get the ball at half. 
Um, Goff misses Gerald Everett on like a wide open pass. Like that's when Jared Goff started to kind of be like, I started to lose confidence in him because now he's like, I can only really pass to this guy because that's the only guy I'm getting success with. And I'm, you're missing him on a wide open pass that two steps later could have been in the end zone. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know. But Goff did show signs of like, I am a good quarterback because there would be pressure coming in and he would find Cooper Cup later on downfield, which is pretty solid too. Um, he made it a four-point game after scoring later on. Um, again, the, the Bucks played well on defense as well. I think that defensive front is absolutely insane. I think they're yeah. very not they're not talked about that much, which surprises me looking back that the Giants were able to perform the way they did against them. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, the Rams can't just can't capitalize off of um, the penalty uh, for wait, on a field goal attempt, which gave them a first down. Um, so yeah, the initial penalty came when uh, I think Greg Zerline was at the forty-yard line. There was a penalty that came in, and you know, golf was able to take the field again and try to actually put a touchdown on the board. It just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that probably cost the Rams the game too, because you have to capitalize on that. Um, and then Matt Gay was pretty much on the money the rest of the game. Chris Godwin even gets more wide open. I digress, but I wrote down here: Jameis Winston loves Cameron Bray more than O.J. Howard. He does, and it. It's so true because when Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the game, you'd be like, O.J. Howard has a solid chance at getting the ball. But when Jameis is in there, he just likes throwing to Cameron Braid, especially in the red zone. It's so weird, and they don't want to utilize O.J. Um, and I just i am so glad he's not on my fantasy team anymore after seeing that. Because <laughs> I remember when Cameron Braid was like – there was like – Five weeks in a row where he got a touchdown and like touchdown every single game. Yeah. Like whether it was like seven points in like standard leagues, I'm like that's better than half the other performances by tight ends. So um, I really wish that Cameron Bray came back because that would help a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can I can go on and on, but the, it pretty much ended on like a storybook play where former teammate um, the Dominican Sue uh, forces a fumble, which he picks up and ends up running it in for a touchdown with like ten seconds left on the clock, and that's pretty much what ended the game. So yeah. Uh, this ended 55-40. to 40. What I took away from this game is that Chris Godwin is an absolute beast. I think Jameis Winston, him as long as he has Godwin and, and Mike Evans, I, I think he should be okay because their defense can hold him you know, above water a little bit and, and help him out there. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, I can't believe they lost at home to the Rams. Um, another thing I'm going to take away from this game is that What's going on with Todd Gurley? I really don't understand because I know he has arthritis in his knee, but it's kind of like you saw glimpses of like if you give this guy the chance, he could really play his heart out, and he earned that money because of the way he played the year before, and we're still not giving him the ball this much. What do you think's happening? Because Jared, because Todd Gurley, yes, he had five carries, 16 yards, two touchdowns, but it's not it's not pretty. We're only getting less than double-digit carries, and – I think in like a post game interview and people were asking Todd Gurley where it's like, how come you're not getting the ball as much? And he's like, I think I answered this question already. I'm not answering it again. So it's kind of like, do you think Sean McVay's kind of saving him come playoff time, assuming that they make the playoffs? Well, that's the thing. If if that's his strategy, that's a very risky strategy because I'm you not gonna assume, lie. You can't assume. You that. can't ever assume that. But I'm not gonna lie. They you're do, at three and one. And it's they not looked like, awful this week. Yeah, they and they like have not looked team. great in the past. They've pulled out wins. This was their first loss of the season, but they did not look great in the past weeks. They are a very different team. And, you know, there's the whole Super Bowl hangover. Like, I mean, that could be the case. There's always 
That seems to happen to a lot of teams. I mean, I don't like to say that. I don't like to use that. You know how there's like Madden curses, Super Bowl hangovers, all that. Like, I don't really like to, to touch I believe on that. in the Madden curse 100%. But. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like, I feel like, honestly, McVay just had so much success. And it's so hard to continuously perform at that level for so long. I mean, Belichick has done it. But when you look at it, Belichick has done it in many different ways. Yeah. And I feel like that's just what has to happen. Like I feel like McVay is now learning. You know he's got to he's got to handle things. Last year they won by feeding Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was the whole offense, and now they're having issues with him. And they need to find other ways to win. And they've done it. Other than this week, they have pulled off the wins. But it's going to get harder and harder each week because their their competition is gonna, they can face better guys, or you know they're going to have injuries. There's going to be things that get in the way of their chances of making the playoffs. And they really need to just push. It's it's a whole different Rams team from last year. I mean, you could say that Malcolm Brown's eating into his carries, but he only had he had five carries too. And look at the numbers for a second, because I almost forgot about this. Jared Goff had forty five completions. Yes, forty five completions. Normally you throw forty five times. He threw sixty eight times. That's nearly seventy times he had to attempt to pass. So that means yes, you're playing from behind, that's fine, but at the same time it's like you still could give it to your running back. You don't have to pass on every single yeah. play. He had 517 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. Not a great game by him overall. I think. I mean, this know, is this is what people get worried about. This is the Jared Goff that that people are worried about. Oh, I'm worried. I, whenever Jared Goff's out there, I'm not like confident. That and that's gonna, the thing. He got all the mo- he got paid a huge amount of money. He went to the Super Bowl. He did pretty well. But I understand his first year was with a different head coach. But even the second year when they didn't make the Super Bowl, they made it to the first round of the playoffs, he had issues. He was struggling in that playoff game. I mean, overall, the team struggled. But I'm saying he was not... Like, the, last year, he just seemed to be some... Like, a whole different quarterback. It was just like, wow, he's making these passes. He's he's looking right. good. And then Cooper Cup goes down, and then he starts to look a little different. And I feel like that's the thing. He starts to get into a groove, and then deviations from that groove and, and there's an issue then and I feel like that's what's happening like he can't rely so much on Todd Gurley this year it's it's more on him and I don't know if he has that ability to be playing from behind like that and doing this every game I don't know if he can do it no uh, but Robert Woods 13 receptions 164 yards Cooper Cup nine receptions 121 yards also a touchdown um, and that one touchdown was like on the sideline and he somehow like found his way through um, Brandon Cook six receptions 71 yards um I pretty much went over what I wanted to go over here. It's kind of like, yeah, you shouldn't sleep on the Bucks, but you should be worried about the the Rams because they're currently playing as a three and one team. But I see it a one and three team right now. Yeah, I'm not confident in their th- in that three and one that they have. But again, more games to cover here, and we'll be sliding through them pretty much. But let's talk about your Falcons here since it's the next game up. Uh, the Tennessee Titans take this game 24 to 10. Um, like I mentioned before, hold on, I pressed something by accident. Um, all right, I screwed that up. Hold on, let me unclose the tab. Yeah, but the Vikings, uh, I said the Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons are now one and three, like we mentioned before. Which Chris prayed that they sh- should have probably won this game, so they're at two and two and still stay in it. Um, but the Tennessee Titans are two and two, and uh, I wasn't a big fan of this matchup, but I definitely didn't think the Titans were gonna win this game, especially twenty-four to ten. I definitely expected a tighter score than this, but it just wasn't. They didn't the the Falcons didn't score in the second quarter. They barely put up points on the board in the third and nothing in the fourth. So it's kind of like where the points where, where, you know, they should be up there. They have the nice coaching staff and they clean out house and they give Dan Quinn the opportunity to, 
to actually succeed and you have all the pieces the opportunities in your favor now 13 games in a dome that's not something that should be overlooked and they still end up losing I, I just don't understand I mean you're lucky Matt Ryan didn't get two picks in this game again for like the mm-hmm. what is it the third time this year yeah. I don't know I'll, I'll give the floor to you what what was your big gripe on this game why, did, why are the Falcons struggling right now honestly I I don't know it's so frustrating because this week they got no run game and that's the thing i that is a big part of it we Mm -hmm. are very one-dimensional and you can plan for what one-dimensional team we were just talking about the vikings earlier on in the podcast and Mm -hmm. we're talking about how teams are going to just prep for dalvin cook to take off and once you start prepping and you you start stopping that there's an issue that's exactly what's going on right now i mean yes we are a very heavy offensive team in terms of pass we have a former MVP quarterback. We have Julio Jones, who is probably the best, if like you know, one of the best, if not the best receiver in the league right now. Calvin Ridley, who had a great season last year and is having a pretty decent season so far. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is a reliable target. Austin Hooper is coming out of nowhere now, and he's a decent tight end. Like, Did you start him in one of my leagues? Yes. Oh yeah. All right. Good. And and like I just uh, the, I, I like how the week the week after I say this isn't happening again, it <laughs> happens again. But and anyway, I I just I don't. I don't like get it on paper. I get why we're passing, but on paper we should be so much better. And this week it was our offense. Last week it was more of our defense. Like it, it's a mixture. It's of just everything. it's just a mess right now. We are honestly an absolute mess because, like I said last week, the the offense made adjustments at half and started scoring. This week the defense made the adjustments at half and didn't give up any more more scores, and our offense couldn't score. We are just all over the place right now. It, like the Falcons are just all over the place, and I feel like. Honestly, it I I hate to say it, but I feel like there's there could be a coaching change. Uh, I think so too, and like you mentioned before, they're probably considering making a move in the front office too. Yeah, um, with their GM, so maybe that'll happen. But at the same time, I don't think Matt Ryan at this point in his career needs to throw fifty three times in a game. I, I don't think definitely you not need to do that. And again, he had thirty five uh, completions on fifty three attempts. Like I said before, he had three hundred ninety ninety seven yards through the air, but didn't have a touchdown or a pick. He fumbled. Um, he did fumble, yes. But at the same time, it's like you have Devontae Freeman, a healthy Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. And you could have said the last two years, we don't have Devontae Freeman, he's unhealthy. You can make that excuse. But it's kind of like you give him the ball 12 times for 28 yards, and yes, in the passing game, he has eight receptions for 72 yards. I never saw him as a crazy passing back. Like Maybe that'll help him in in, in the in the, uh, the game to have some receptions in the backfield. But it's kind of like when you get in the red zone, how come it's like our personnel is now Ito Smith? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, Edo Smith is not bad. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand. No, why. because I think Devontae Freeman. If you're not going to use him in the, like, in the red zone, which I think is fine, but at least like, give him the ball a little more, change it up a bit. And I mean, yeah, but, but, I guess you are playing down a lot of the times. But it's like, he's a guy that could help you. He's a, he's a guy that a lot of people don't have on their team as a running back or that type of player as a running back. So I I don't I don't know because I know a hundred percent there's nothing wrong with him. No, they I paid mean, him for a reason there's, after there's that. Nothing wrong. Like, you know after the Super Bowl loss, and it's like I don't know they're just not producing on the ground. I don't think your offensive line is bad like at all. I mean they're they're definitely better than last year. They're oh, yeah. not great, but they literally they, made investments at guard, and that's what I'm saying. Not they're they're not great, but they're not that bad. They definitely have improved. They're they're respectable, but I just feel like in all honesty with you bringing up Freeman not being in a goal line, our offensive coordinator puts in random people. 
like it'll be goal line stance. We're sitting there at like the five yard line, and we have Justin Hardy in, and we have Luke Stocker in. And I'm yeah, like, Luke why? Stalker, I'm seeing him a lot more. I'm, I'm like, sitting here, and I'm just in my head. I'm like, why do we not have Julio out there? Why is Freeman not out there? Why is Hooper not out there? Like, what is going on? Do you think Dan Quinn gets fired midseason, or you wait for the season to end? I mean, I. I think you've that given all depends. Them so many chances. I think that all depends on how if if they can start to pull up some win. I feel like if they can win this week against the Texans, maybe it'll be pushed off till the till the season because then I would hope we can beat the Cardinals because that w- that could be like back to back wins put us at three and three. All right, we're, we're we're we could be back in it. Then maybe you know you push it off till the end of the season. But I feel like. If we lose this week, that's really not looking good. We go against the Cardinals. I mean, you have to win. Yeah, I feel like at that point, it's kind of like I like, feel like this is definitely a tougher matchup. But it's so. I don't I don't I think it all depends on how this game goes. Depends on the fate of if he's out, you know, at yeah. all. If he's out in the midseason, if he's out after the season, I don't. I'm just I would say I mean to be honest, it's just frustrating coming from an like from a fan of the team. It's frustrating to watch because on paper you are so good. And since the Super Bowl loss, you know, we've been rebuilding and trying to really put it all together and try to make it back there. Not and even I, like rebuilding. It's like we just need to improve these little spots. And, and, and it's just like it's watching literally like like I said, you we have an MVP quarterback from a couple years ago that got us to the Super Bowl. We have an insane receiving core. We have a great running Better back. Better than you did during yes. that Super Bowl. <laughs> we have a great running back. Oh, that's we insane. have Austin Hooper is coming around and actually playing very well for a tight end. Yeah. He's doing well. Like Our defense has been back and forth with injuries, but for the most part, I feel like they've been okay. Like We haven't really let many big names go. But there also shouldn't be any reason your offense is underperforming. No. That and, too. And, and it's just like it's at the point to where – like I didn't. I watched the game till half, and I turned it off. I was just fed up. I just. I couldn't. I mean, I don't blame you. I couldn't do it. I just. It's. It's disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And I know, like you know, I, I don't want to go too crazy. Like I know that there are people like Browns fans where they've had problems for years. And I know, like we made it to the Super Bowl three years ago. Like, why am I complaining? I get it. But it's just kind of like to to know what we have and to see what we have and to see that there's no reason we should only have yeah, 10 yeah points. you also shouldn't be far off from where you were before either I, I get it for sure but I want to talk about the Titans too and I also when I rewatched the um you know our podcast last week I also skipped to the part where I'm like I'm not sure why Mariota is not targeting AJ Brown a lot more he goes to he has three receptions 94 yards two touchdowns so I guess they heard me. I guess. Yeah, I, guess I mean, did. three receptions isn't a whole lot because Corey Davis get, did get five, ninety-one, and a touchdown. Um, but I still think he, they utilized him very much in this game. And dude's got wheels. He's absolutely huge. Um, oh yeah. I, th- I think he should unanimously unanimously be their number one. I don't care if Corey Davis was their number one pick, um, their number four pick a couple years back because he's still he's still a work in progress. Yeah. There was a play where they thought it was like a ball got knocked out when the ball got passed to him, but he literally just dropped it. Like, it oh yeah, I know. Fell out of his about, hands, yeah. and I'm just like. Why and and he made up for it with this touchdown and like like I said on paper it looks good but it's kind of like Corey Day I, I feel like if you're gonna get the better opportunities with AJ Brown I, I say you go to him yeah I remember AJ Brown's second touchdown that he got I think it was him in the, in the like the side of the end zone and I'm watching because the first one was like that big catch and run that he had yeah that was crazy I'm, and I'm watching this this play about to unfold and I'm watching 
and I see the coverage. They're ma- they're in the red zone. I don't know if it's like the five yard line, seven yard line, somewhere around there. They're not right at the goal line, but they're close. And I'm looking at our defense, and I'm looking at their offense. And I'm like, we are blitzing or in man coverage, and they have one-on-one on the outside. We are going to get torched. And yeah. that is exactly what happened. what happened. He threw it to the outside. Why don't and, you just apply co- to, the, to and, be the, their and coordinator? And, like, in my head, I'm sitting here, and I'm saying, if I'm watching this with literally no football experience, how is it you're, how are you getting paid millions of dollars and you can't make this decision? I just I don't know if that's on the defensive captains for not – changing the play or that's on the know. on Dan Quinn for not like seeing that as a defensive coordinator. I don't know who to blame on that situation, but it's just I find myself seeing things like this all the time, not just in Falcons games, just in general. Like in in games I'll be watching and I'm sitting here like, how do they not see that? I like exactly. I'm, it's just like what we we're talking about with the refs. How do you not figure this out? And yeah. it's just like, oh my god, whatever. I I mean, I'm I'm open to being hired if any NFL teams are uh, <laughs> listening and, and need someone. I'm I'm open to being hired, but uh, I so, don't see that happening. So I got a question for you. Marcus Mariota goes 18 for 27, 227 yards, three touchdowns. Does that give you any more confidence confidence in him? If anything, no. to me, I have more confidence in Jameis than I do in Marcus Mariota. Oh, yeah, I have more. Definitely. And I mean, the reason I'm saying no is because we played like dog crap awful defense like his passes he was hitting wide open receivers yeah and it's so just... i don't i don't think like he did not show anything to me like you know with matt stafford we were saying he's he's threading the needle he's throwing it in coverage like that he really wasn't doing that and in the second half our defense made the adjustments and he didn't put up any points i'm i'm not impressed in that sense like yes they beat us so yeah they the last two quarters they, they did well nothing. they beat us he did enough to beat us like i give him props for that but i just don't think he beat us you know, head to head, he just beat us by playing like smarter. He's just hitting wide open guys, and that's all he had to do. Like you had to have, like, saw AJ Brown and was like, "That has to be a touchdown." And yeah, exactly. Was. And then that's that's what I'm saying. Like he was just hitting wide open guys. He didn't really have to worry about forcing it or really worry about making you know tight throws. He he was just hitting wide open guys. And your guy Derrick Henry gets the ball 27 times for 100 yards. So it's like they have that down. And I yeah. think it's officially now. I feel like I was I was still waiting for that game where he gets like five carries for twenty five yards, but I think they finally like it, like I think you could easily you easily don't have to give the ball to Derrick Henry f- like twenty seven times. You can give it to him fifteen times, maybe yeah. give Deion Lewis the ball. But I think they're just like I think Mike Vrabel's like let's not be idiots here. He's our guy, yeah. and I'm so glad he's pulling it off. Especially for you again. We mention it every week. He's on your fantasy team on both. Leagues. I've waited three years for this. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> been waiting for this breakout a breakout year for Derrick Henry, and it's finally coming together so if there's one thing to take out of this game it's that probably um i I guess i'm excited about that i knew it was gonna happen again i got other games to touch on and a lot of the games i don't even want to speak on but i want to touch on the browns a little bit so the browns actually win this game 40 to 25 but it was just because it was the nick chubb show um but yeah the browns are now two and two and so are the baltimore ravens and the baltimore ravens have a tough matchup going into this week if i'm not mistaken yeah they go up against the Steelers, and I know that doesn't sound too intimidating right now, considering they're one and three. Yeah, they just got their first win. Yeah, and you got lucky with the Bengals because they're absolutely trash right now. But anyway, Baker Mayfield, twenty for thirty. Uh, he had two hundred, three hundred forty-two yards, a touchdown, and a pick. And um, I feel like every game now, Baker at least has one pick. But uh, I, I'm not. I feel like I'm not worried about him. He's got a great career ahead of him too. And here um, comes all the points. Here oh yeah, come. Nick Ch- Nick Chubb, three touchdowns, twenty carries, 165 yards, 
what's going to happen with Kareem Hunt comes into the equation? I don't know it's because making it harder up now. till this point they have the the Browns haven't looked too good, and I feel like Freddie Kitchens finally was like, I'm going to go back to my roots of being a running back coach and maybe use my running back, and boom, you put up 40 points. So it's kind of like. Whereas has been before, I guess he, I guess he in his head was like, I have Baker Mayfield, I think, and I have all these weapons. I think I should utilize them a lot more. Yeah. But again, quiet night, pretty much for everyone. I wouldn't say it was a quiet, quiet day for Jarvis Landry because he had eight receptions, 167 yards. He came out of the game hurt. Um, but Ricky Seals Jones has a touchdown. He had the Just only touchdown. Decided to go off. Yep, and he almost had another touchdown, but I think he dropped it. Yeah. Um, and then Odell, pretty much getting into fights with people. Okay, this is <laughs> this is what I have to say on this. He was getting choked out. Actually, this, apparently he wasn't, but it, I don't know. There is a penalty in the league because of him and Josh Norman. So you would think that they would be focusing on him and Josh Norman the most when these issues arise. Yep. He is punching people, then getting choked out. And they're not looking at and it. And they're not watching. <laughs> Especially getting choked out. It's like, all right, you missed the punch. Because I saw the punch, and I was like, eh, you know, like maybe we were just but taking I'm a jab. Sure I'm, but I him getting choked out, I was kind of like, is no one seeing I, this I right mean, now? I don't, I don't, again, I'm not an expert of the rules, but I'm pretty sure if you throw a punch, you get thrown out. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah. If you throw a punch, you get thrown out. And I'm pretty sure if you're choking somebody, you should be thrown out too. So they both should have been out. Yeah, what was it? it was Marlon Humphrey, right? Yes, I that's think, who it was. Yeah, so yes. Marlon Humphrey. Um, I mean, he went on to say after the game that he apologized to him and said that's not the type of football I want to play. Cool, you're, you're still a did grown it. man. You, you still did it though, you know. And then Odell said, "I'm not mad about it. I just lost an earring. Like I'm, I'm just. You didn't see that? I did. I did yeah, see he was that. like, I'm not mad about it, but the only thing I'm pissed about is that I lost my earring. That's that such is an Odell thing to say. I was just gonna say that was such an Odell thing to say. What, how do you think Odell feels about this team right now? Like I feel like with the Giants, there's so much buzz around them. The media is all over them. With, like, like especially right now with the quarterback issue. Yeah. Imagine if he was still there, he'd be like all over Daniel Jones. He'd love him. Um, but with the Browns, it's kind of like we were hyped up in the summer. Where's everyone at now? You know. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like after week one, everyone kind of like hopped off because week one they they got beat and it wasn't. Bad. Pre- it was not a pretty game. Bad. It was not a pretty game, and it was kind of like, all right, this is what's gonna happen. We're not who like. You know, we're not this team that's gonna go sixteen and zero and, and freaking go crazy like everybody thought. So, uh, I I feel like if he was in New York, I I think he would have. He'd probably be thriving right I now. I think he should have stuck around. I mean, I don't think I think him seeing Daniel Jones being drafted as well as everyone else, he was like, "Good thing I'm out of there." But I guess I don't know. I don't know that, what he's thinking. Like right now, it's like I mean, that's he's what not I out, he's thought. not out there that much. Like the watch thing was the last big thing. But that's the thing. I feel but, like he's doing things just to be, like, the the attention now. Because in New York, he didn't have... I mean, he did didn't do have to some, do anything. He did to, some crazy, crazy things. I mean, with the Nets and, and all that. But all he had to do was just, like, make a catch. Like, make a... I mean, the one-handed catch. I'm not talking about the catch for him. I'm talking about, like, he would just be, like, running down the field and just grab it one-handed, and it would be all over Sports Center. Yeah. And now it's kind of like... I mean, he hasn't done crazy amount of things this season yet. No, but not. also, he's not broadcast as much so i feel like it's now he's used to being that center of attention and now it's kind of like there is no center of attention because it's kind of just like quiet like he's there yeah you know? I, I i sometimes like, forget. He's, like right now it's like julio is a beast um who else what other wide receivers doing really well this year um but i feel like mike odell evans. you're not really thinking mike, of evans. mike evans is doing really well and I mean, Larry is just—he just got Larry's that record. Larry. He's right behind. Devontae Jerry Adams Lose is now. good. Michael Thomas is yeah. good. Yeah, you could. The list goes on and on. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is kind of okay right now. He'll he's, pick it he's up been later. Struggling. But it's kind of like 
no one's saying like oh, Odell's a beast. Like only after no. the giant the Jets game where it's kind of like you cool. Hope. We were back at MetLife, <laughs> MetLife, and and he got a hundred forty something yards and like eighty of it was on one play. Yeah. So it was kind of like. All right, like I get you still got to make the play, but I'm saying like the numbers were a little bit skewed in that sense. Like it's about if he didn't have that, it was about what he was getting every other game. So, yeah. so let's talk about the Ravens for a second here because this is the team that I think can easily win this division. Um, if you know, I think on offense, I think they're kind of conflicted because they know Lamar Jackson could throw, they could use him in the passing game, but he had some issues in this game and you saw that he was a little out of it. I feel like in this game, like he kind of had that. Uh, Cam Newton attitude where it's like if I'm not on I'm out because whenever Cam Newton is like if he's dancing he's out there celebrating every couple plays you know this is this is his game he's yeah. he's gonna easily gonna win this game and he's gonna put on a show I feel like the same happened here with Lamar Jackson if it wasn't going his way he was kind of like yeah whatever yeah um, yeah but yeah 24 completions on 34 attempts 247 yards three touchdowns two picks uh, Mark Ingram 12 carries 71 yards uh, Willie Sneed two receptions 61 yards and a touchdown. Um, I feel like they they had Mark Andrews later in the game, kind of when it didn't matter. Uh, four receptions, 31 yards. They also missed him in the end zone. I feel like he's a good red zone target. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's always on the injury list every every week with a foot injury that he had before the season started. Miles um, Boykin also had a touchdown. It's kind of like the the Ravens just on defensively, they just weren't good with against Nick Chubb. That's yeah, they, they were having defensive issues. But I, I feel like... Offensively, it's kind of still coming together. I feel like other than... Because the, what they, what they, who they go up against? The Dolphins? Cardinals? Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. But I feel like other than, you know, the Dolphins, I would say the Dolphins and the Patriots I'm going to start with. There may be other teams that I'm forgetting. But those two, I feel like, are the most consistent. Other than that, teams have been up and down. I mean, you got you got the Dolphins who are consistently bad, and you have the Patriots who have been consistently good so far this season. And I feel like everybody else has been back and forth. So I feel like it's a tough season to bet to make picks as we saw this week. Yes. It's very hard. I mean, I lost all my money. I mean, we won't get into it. But, um, yeah, I'll move on from that game like this, I mentioned before. This game pissed the, me off. Yeah, the, the Raiders and the Colts. This game got me uh, The Raiders won this game, actually. 31-24 to against the, I would say, pretty solid Colts. I would even yeah. say the Red Hot, but 2-2 two and two doesn't really help my case here. Um, but they're, both teams are 2-2 two and two now. Um, I think the Colts, again, they're not a team you should look over, like uh, just – kind of not think about it. I think they're still a great team. They kind of they were catching up towards the end, but you kind of yeah. needed that more in the beginning to help I, you out. I really 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 wanted to take the Raiders again because if you remember last week, and you I took right? the Raiders against yeah. the Vikings and it didn't happen. And this week I said I think I, I have convinced a feeling. you too much. I said I have a feeling about the Raiders. Like in my head I was like I have a feeling about the Raiders. And then I thought back to last week I'm like yeah, but I don't I can't I can't pick them after they let me down so bad against the Vikings, and then I watched this game, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, go with your gut, man. But, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, 21 for 31, 189 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Tyrell Williams has had a catch in every single game this year, and he's the only player that to do so right now. I think he's the only player left. Um, Foster Moreau, why are we giving it to him in the end zone? You have Darren Waller. Oh, that makes me so mad. I started him <laughs> over Mark picked- Andrews. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I could be mad about it, okay? That's fine. But at the same time, it's like, why? <laughs> Your whole team. Literally, the announcer was like, they both look the same. So in the end zone, the announcer's like, yeah, they got Darren Wall in the end zone. And I'm watching Red Zone. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, wait, that's not his number. And they're like, never mind. It's Foster Moreau. You you have Waller, <laughs> Todd Gurley, Devontae Freeman. It's a good game. It's a good team on paper. You, you have all these 
players that are having issues now with getting the ball and getting t- touchdowns. You're just having uh, who's, who's the other? Oh, and then Aaron Jones. I mean, he's starting to be a little bit more consistent. But yeah. <laughs> you you have had a rough start to fantasy. Oh yeah, and I have Brandon Cooks, who we just talked about with their quarterback <laughs> having his issues. So. And at the same time, I hate stacking players in Todd Gurley and Brandon Cook. So it's like I'm trying to play them as least amount as I can. You have oh, – don't forget Philip Lindsay. Don't forget Philip Lindsay because last year he had a phenomenal year, Pro Bowl, undrafted rookie, and who was from Denver, homegrown story. Now he's sharing the bathroom you know with Royce you know Freeman. You know what week he – Thanks. He went, he went off last week when he was on your bench. Yeah. <laughs> and I put him in just for whatever. And he has three games with, like, six points. I'm like, is this how we're going to do every week? Anyway, moving forward here. Anyway, Aaron Waller, he gets the most receptions every single week. He had seven receptions, 53 yards. Could have had a touchdown, but, you know, Foster Moreau. Thanks. Uh, yeah, Tyrell Williams, like I mentioned before. Um, but this was also the game with Vontez Perfect getting suspended for the remainder of the year. What did you think of that initial hit? Did he deserve it? Does he just you know? I, does he even deserve to be in the league at this point? He definitely deserves a suspension. I mean, the whole got, year, but the whole year, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I get like we've talked about before, recurring. I teams, get it. If I he w- got released by the Raiders, he's gonna get signed somewhere else. Sadly, yeah, it's gonna happen. And then you have like the Kaepernick's of the world, but you, okay. who doesn't do anything? You know what? You know what's crazy? I hate bringing that up, but it's kind of like it's true. You know, you this know guy is, has hit has could have handicapped anyone. You know what's absolutely crazy? Is in like when we were doing the podcast in the preseason, we said A B and Perfect and Richie Incognito yeah, all on the same team and now two of them are gone. And <laughs> and Incognito was suspended the first two games yes. of the season. So, so this is what happens. We what we thought was gonna happen is happening. So. Yep. <laughs> AB is not on the team. Perfect's out for the out season. Out for the season, and and in I think I think is, he's gonna come back. I think John Gruden's like, all right, yeah, I'll keep him. Well, they're appealing it. His, his he, agent, they're appealing it. Like he's getting rejected. I already know. Oh, it's I gonna. No, it doesn't it, take a it's, genius. No, like, it's totally gonna happen. Like, why do people appeal background. anymore? It's, it's not gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's because of his background. It's gonna happen. I mean, unfortunately for him, he's not gonna be playing again. But if what did it, Barnett was that who was on the Eagles that made the hit Derek Barnett yeah. if if he had the suspension and he's, he appealed it maybe he would have gotten a shorter sentence but yeah. with Burfick's history it's not happening unfortunately but uh whatever let let the people actually whatever. can make a defense for Vontez Burfick's case because it looked like he was leading with his arm yeah it looked like a hit where you know like Jack Doyle was getting up and it's like it was just an awkward positioning for it but it doesn't help your case when you're leaving the stadium blowing say, kisses. That's that I feel like that is what probably, ultimately did it. That probably would, probably gave you the season suspension. That's what, yeah, because, the kisses. because think about it makes it. you look like you wanted to do that. And, and that's the thing. Think about it. If you just like like okay, Barnett makes this tackle, and he's he's standing there, and let's say he's about like you know he at least Jamal, feels bad. Exactly, Jamal bad. Williams is getting carted off, and imagine if he's running up to the, the fans and clapping and cheering. That looks awful. You know what I'm like? You yeah. you just can't do that. I mean. That's based. That's essentially what what Burfick did. You just you just that doesn't look good. You don't do that. No, but uh, that's the current scenario for Vontez Burfick. I feel like that's the big takeaway here is like what happens with this guy now. But Jacoby Brissett, uh, twenty four for forty six, two hundred sixty five yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. And I think he's a perfectly confident NFL quarterback. The problem is, um, Eric Ebron's going back to his old ways. I think he had five targets and he only had the one reception for the touchdown, which came in, which pretty much. Made made the game the final score the way it was because yeah. like you look at it and you're kind of like oh this is a close game I'm like this this was much later in the game where it kind of didn't matter at that point but yeah Eric Ebron that's what I'm taking away from this game 
Uh, Zach Pascal is looking to emerge as a, a number one guy. <laughs> he had four receptions, 72 yards. Yeah, Zach Pascal. Um, Chester Rogers, three receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Marlon Mack, very quiet in this game. It's been iffy with him. I expected him to have a pretty big year. I did too, yeah. Um, considering that they're not using Naheem Himes as much anymore. Uh, Paris Campbell also had five receptions, 25 yards. Uh, but Naheem, Naheem Hines also in the, the receiving game at six receptions, 39 yards. But that's all I got to say on this game. Stick with your gut and I'll make sure to do that. You want to pick the Raiders? I don't, I don't know. If I, I don't remember if I picked the Raiders. Um, listen, I don't want to get into the Patriots and Bills that much here because the Patriots were kind of playing a difficult game in Buffalo. I can understand that. Yeah. I was waiting for that game um, because I knew they play team stuff in division, and this was the game that was going to happen. Um, but the Patriots won sixteen to ten. Um, they move on to four and zero, but the Bills are now three and one. Um, I think the Bills had a perfectly great opportunity to win this game. What yeah. I wanted to touch on was. You kept Tom Brady to 18 completions on 39 attempts. You got a pick in the end zone, mm-hmm. only 150 yards passing, no touchdowns. You have him right where you want him. Yep. And it doesn't help that your quarterback for the Bills, Josh Allen, has thrown picks after picks. after. He has issues. Um, he has a lot of turnover issues. And I don't think he's very careless with the ball and also very careless running. Like You're that type of player right now where you can run the ball and you could probably give your team in a good, get your team in a good position to score but he had to leave this game due to being hit helmet to helmet too. And, 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 okay. <laughs> and it's like, even Tom Brady, after the game, it's like, I remember Bill Belichick told me, it's like, you're not going to play long in this league if you just don't. You better slide. But, and so okay. he gave him that advice, kind of like, but, stuck, but don't, what, but, don't do okay, that. This is, this is my scenario. I think, honestly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident. I'm 100% confident. I'd say maybe like, maybe like I'm, I want to say 60% positive. I think if Josh Allen stayed in that game, they, this could have been a different outcome. I think Josh Allen could have figured it out because their backup went out there and did awful. Like oh, Barkley. Yeah, yes. I mean, what were you expecting? But that's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's he started not, off it's, okay. It's but not then, his like, fault. The pick happened. I'm like, it's not his fault. Good night. But I think if Josh Allen stayed out there, cause Josh Allen, I feel like he would have been smart and he would have realized, okay, I'm trying to pass. I'm throwing picks. He would have started using his legs more. And I feel like he could have figured something out. Would he have? I, I feel like he could have figured it out. And I got annoyed at this outcome because, I mean, obviously I didn't want the Patriots to win. But I got annoyed because I feel like the Patriots won the easy way out because they took out the quarterback. And that's what got me angry because this was such a good game. Yeah. And it, it could have been an even better finish if they didn't take him out. Yeah. I mean, I know I don't think it was intentional, but I'm just saying, you know, it just sucks the way it ended. I mean, I heard this on the Michael K. show, and you could say, from a lot of B- Buffalo Bills fans, they'll be like, "Oh, we almost we almost took down the three and zero Patriots," but at the same time, it's kind of like, "No, you shouldn't be celebrating your loss. You should be upset that you didn't win this game because you were very close to winning. You had them right where you wanted them to be, and not a lot of teams are going to be able to hold them to only sixteen points." Yeah, and um, yeah, man, I just uh, impressed. Yeah, I, th- I think the the Bills are a great team, but losing Josh Allen, you can't do that because that cost them last year too. They had to bring Derek Anderson out of retirement, yeah, who was sitting on the couch two minutes ago to come into their game on like Thursday night because they had no quarterbacks on their on their team. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to lose Josh Allen if you're gonna throw three picks. Let's not start running the ball and get hurt. Let's start focusing on staying in the pocket and, and getting and getting completions because. You can't keep doing that. I think every single game this year, this dude's thrown for two or three yeah. interceptions. Or he's, I think he's leading the league in interceptions right now. Most along likely. With Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield's like, it's not the same kind of issue. I think Josh Allen's just a little careless with it a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, because he's trying to be aggressive. But and that's the thing. the The upside of Josh Allen is also the downturn of Josh Allen. Yeah, is he's aggressive and he throws the ball and he makes these amazing he's like a, plays. He's a competitor. He loves you know loves playing the game. And but him being aggressive like that also loses them games. Yes. and that's the thing. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I think Josh Allen just needs to improve his game a little bit. Start being a pocket passer. I know we know you can run the ball. We know you can, but only do it when you can. And if you are going to run the ball, slide. Yeah, I mean, at, least at, slide. At, at, at this point, you're costing the team like at least an opportunity to win at that point because you were in yeah. it. You were in it. I mean, at this point, I see the the next time that they play the Patriots, it's gonna be like a forty-two to ten slaughter. I feel like the Patriots are gonna get angry. Yeah, Belichick's gonna figure out what the hell went wrong, and he's just gonna like not let them leave until they correct it. Yeah, and they're gonna like th- this was their opportunity to take them down. I don't think they're gonna get it next time. Yeah. But and I mean, uh, I understand that the Patriots are run first, but it's still kind of like there's no running back that's a, like imagine having a run first team. And going in fantasy, and you're just like, absolutely, Sony Michelle on my team, and he still hasn't done much. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's like a little weird. But on the opposite side, you have Frank Gore, who's officially moved to the number four slot. I think in the most rushing yeah. yards of all time, and um, he's officially in. I forgot what he, he's in the fifteen thousand mark now. I think he just so. passed I it, believe so, yeah. and he has plenty of games to go. I think he could pass Barry Sanders. That'd be you crazy. Think so? But what's so crazy... He only needs, like, less than 200 yards. What's so crazy is that they have two completely different, like, thoughts when you look at... When you think of Barry Sanders and you think of Frank Gore, you think of Barry Sanders, like, like, amazing, Hall of Fame, amazing, and you just think of Frank Gore and you think of, like, like, um, like animal, but, like, just never giving up, fighting, like, he was in the league forever. Never hurt, ever. Because when you think about it, Barry Sanders was... He retired young. Yeah. Frank Gore's so been in the league forever. It was the complete opposite yeah, situation yeah. in this. Yeah. So Frank Gore's ahead of Adrian Peterson. Yeah, that's like by a lot. That's crazy. Like four slots ahead of him. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, Frank Gore. Shout out to him. Seventeen carries, hundred nine yards, just an absolute beast. But we uh, there's better games here. I'm not talking about the Panthers Texans. Okay, I, I like the no. Texans. I'm not even gonna touch on it. I know you just hate it because it's the Panthers. The damn same score. But, but, <laughs> like again, like back to back. <laughs> but yeah, sixteen to ten. The the Panthers are two and two. They can move on to two and two. The Texans are two and two. I mean, it makes sense. They're both two and two teams. But Kyle Allen fumbles the ball three times and he loses the ball three times. That's ugly. Deshaun Watson. It's like, what else are you gonna do with 20, with thirty three completions and one hundred and sixty yards? Carlos Hyde gets the ball twelve times, fifty eight yards. But it's like. It's very bland because at the same time, we have DeAndre Hopkins throwing ball, throwing interceptions out here for what? Five receptions for 41 yards on top of that, and it doesn't help fantasy owners because they lose two points. <laughs> you just brought up something that I wanted to freak out on before, <laughs> what? and you just reminded me. What? Why are the Falcons the worst team in the division, and two of the teams are playing with backups? <laughs> Why? Kyle Allen. We have a freaking no, former and MVP. And they're going to have him for the next two games because Cam Newton's out. I, I watch the Panthers play. I go, let's go. The Panthers and the Saints are going to go downhill. We have a chance. And ah, yeah. they keep winning. Yeah, and they won on Sunday. It gets Sun- me Saints so... Saints won on Sunday night. Yeah, I'm not going into this it, it game. Gets, please get off of this game. I'm going to freak out. Yeah, I, I'm not, Please. I'm not touching on it. Do I have to touch on Chargers-Dolphins? No. But the one, no. Thing, one thing I'll say here is that Melvin Gordon's back. They're going to ease him into it. Um, but I, I want to say I'm very impressed. The, 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 uh, the Dolphins were winning at a point. Mm-hmm. They were winning. And I saw that game, and, it was like, and then it was like 10-10, to 10, and I was like, 
what? Whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. A- and then Philip Rivers, you know, freaks out like he normally does and yells and complains. And then, hey, wrong! And, and, then, and then got it back. He got it back together. Uh, and they yeah, he put it back winning. together. Did you see Tyrod Taylor came in for like a play? Why? Because something happened with Philip Rivers. But <laughs> I forgot he was still in the league. Um, I, I really did. My, my big question, again, this is the big outlier here, is that Melvin Gordon, he was active for this game because Justin Jackson's hurt. But um, yeah. how do you think this backfield gets split up from here on out? Uh, didn't I'm pretty sure the coach said when Melvin Gordon comes back, it's his backfield. I'm no, sure. because I saw um, on Fantasy, I was kind of looking at the – whatever they were talking about, they usually get quotes from coaches yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. He said, I can't just put him – like, he just got back. I can't put him out there and give him the ball 30 Well, times. yeah, yeah. He definitely can't take over yet. But I'm saying, you know, give it last week. I'd say, I'd say this week might be the last week where you can get a lot out of Austin Eckler. Yeah. I think after that, it's it's over. He's – He's done. I like Austin Eckler, though. I, I do and I don't. That just gives him a better opportunity to sign to a different like, what, team. What gets probably. me angry is that like he's talented, but like I look at him and I'm like, but he, he sh- like, not that he shouldn't be talented, but it just annoys me. It's yeah. like you're getting all these fantasy points. You're getting all these touchdowns and all these receptions. I still don't even like seeing his name in fantasy. I'm it's, just like, oh, it's fantastic. It's gross. I hate – like. I mean, he didn't have a choice in his name, but it's, just, I don't, it's not pleasant to read. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just angers me. It's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> I guess I know how you feel about that now. But yeah, Dolphins are in shambles. Just whatever, man. Um, there are not many. I mean, oh, I want to talk about that. Wait, which oh, game? I want to talk about these two, and, and that's it. Wait, these two? No, 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 these two. Oh yeah, I like these. The other, the other one sucked. No, but I want to go over the Vikings. Bears. All right. Well, well, the Bears won because their defense is amazing, and Kirk Cousins sucks. There you oh, go. Oh yeah, yeah. There's well, Kirk Cousins <laughs> is trash. And we did go over for the most part the drama that's happening there. But he threw 36 times uh, on 20 with 27 completions, 233 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. But you can't give – this is a game where they realize it's like, oh, we can't use Dalvin Cook against a really good defense. That's what I said. They have a great – He got a touchdown, fantastic, but take away the touchdown. He didn't have a productive day. Stephon Diggs had a pretty solid day, but it's like if we're not winning, it's like like I didn't have this yeah, type of game care. before that. Adam Thielen, he – two steps away from making it, it – like from getting in the end zone as long as he's not overthrown. What does Kirk Cousins do? Overthrows him. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're not even helping your teammates here. And after Adam Thielen went for the ball and like wasn't even close to him, and he like tries at least putting an effort into it, he turns around and like looks downfield at Kirk Cousins. He's like, really, really? I think yeah. these guys probably like playing for Case Keenum a lot more. And do you think they're regretting it now because if they stuck with Case Keenum and they had every right to, because he led them to you know basically almost a Super Bowl you know appearance. In Minnesota, so it's yeah. kind of like it's almost storybook for that too. And they probably could have had him for much cheaper, yeah. like really cheap. And but instead they go with Kirk Cousins. At the moment, you think it's a good move because it's like, all right, they invested their money. Like now is the time to win because yeah. we signed this guy. But now it's like we're giving this guy all this money to not even do what Case Keenum did for us. Because you saw uh, yeah. Case Keenum and Adam Thielen were on him and Stephon well, that, Diggs were on, and, and that's the and thing. It just, it's not. The I, case I think anymore. this would have been better for. It would have worked both ways. Like Keenum staying would have worked better for Keenum, and it would have worked better for the Vikings because some quarterbacks just fit into certain systems and schemes better than other systems. And I feel like that's the case. I feel like Case Keenum just meshed with that offense. They, they, they just he, he worked well with the system. He worked well with the play calling. He, he it worked. And it's also like, oh, this guy isn't a big name, and he's yeah. giving us these wins, and he's giving us opportunities exactly. to win. You want to play behind that. Exactly. And I feel like once they got rid of him, now you're seeing it in, in Washington, he's not playing well with that system. Kirk Cousin comes in, he's not playing well with the system. Mm-hmm. Like it Clearly, they're very different systems if these guys basically switched places and they're both struggling. 
Yeah. Clearly, they're very different systems. It was like systems, a lose-lose situation. And that's what I'm saying. And and they both have not adapted at all to their systems. Yeah. Um, But also, they didn't. They put up six points, but that wasn't until the fourth quarter. Yeah. They didn't have any points on the board for three straight quarters. Yep. And they also can't play from behind. And because they can't I don't know, Dalvin Cook. And do the, I don't know if these guys ever play primetime, but Kirk Cousins, even worse, doesn't have a good record on primetime. Yeah, didn't they? Uh, what was the week two game? Didn't they play? They've only played on Sundays. I don't think they played. They didn't play on Monday. Primetime game. Oh, yet. Right. Um, but on the other side of the ball, and I mean, I'll, I'll touch on this roughly. Listen, their defense is absolutely phenomenal. You can't overlook that. But Chase Daniel steps in, and he actually puts in some work. He's the highest. He's one of the highest paid backups in the league. He's only had four career starts, and he's made $40 million, $30 million in his career. That's, yeah, so that's my, I, I want to do that. That's that my perspective. That's my, uh, when someone asks me what I want to do, I'm gonna be, I want to be Chase Daniel. Imagine that's just <laughs> throwing like little slant routes in practice, and you're like, just putting just money going in your pocket as you speak. Um, but anyway, he, he's one of the better backups in the league, I would say. Yeah. So, you know, well-deserved, I guess. But he had 22 completions on 30 attempts, 195 yards, and a touchdown. The one touchdown was Tariq Cohen on his first drive, coming in after losing Mitch Trubisky. Um, is it me, or did you see, like, a change in this offense as soon as Chase Daniel came in? Very different. Because it's kind of like, I feel like you saw kind of a bit of, like, more like an electric feel to it, and, and what's because it's funny? Like, you haven't had that with Trubisky. And what's funny is they they clearly like at, you could tell by the the completion percentage and everything and the yards they weren't he wasn't throwing deep he was very throwing very very shallow routes. Yep, and getting, getting the first down. And, and that's the thing. And what I find funny is you know the, the coordinator did that because they're kind of like all right we don't have any you don't we did not prepare for this we didn't know you were going to be the starter so we're just going to keep it simple. And kind of just kind of you know we have the lead we're just gonna try to get the win. And he gave the ball and, to everyone. And he exactly. And I and in JP my head, Holtz? In, who in, in my head, this should be a wake up call when Trubisky gets back. You can do it with these. Don't little, lose your job. You can do it with these little short routes every once in a while. Like you don't have to launch the ball down the field every time. Well, he's also not launching it. It's also he's missing reads and he's scrambling out of the pocket and he can't find anyone open. Like okay. Honestly, I don't. It's not hard to throw a slant route. It's really not. I mean, unless the linebacker is standing right in front of you and you decide to throw to him, it's not a difficult route to really be throwing. So I feel like, I mean, you, there anything can go wrong, but I feel like you can figure it out. I mean, these shorter routes are definitely more beneficial. I feel like for this offense, but yeah. Um, but anyway, when when Mitch Trubisky went down with that injury, it definitely was a really awkward thing to look at. His arm was like, yeah, it was. I saw that and I was like, oh, that didn't. That, he looked uh, like no, he like no hyperextended well, or dislocated, and that's what it, it was. was. Dislocated, yeah. Man. Apparently, he'll be back sooner than later. But it's like, I don't think the don't Bears know. want him back. <laughs> I think the Bears are gonna be like, well, let's ride this out with Chase Daniel. Let's see what happens. Anyway, Vikings suck. Let's move on. Um. Uh, you wanted to talk about I Jags? Talk about the only game that I got right that that we had different. Oh yeah, that's the only reason you wanted picks. Yes, this is and the it was only by reason. a game-winning field goal. Yeah, and I'm it was so, the Jags Broncos. I was, I was watching the game and dancing. And so the Broncos have yet to win a game under Vic Fangio. I mean, am I surprised? No. Um, but the Jaguars are two and two. Um, with, with a Gar- backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew's in the game. Yeah, he has 19 for 33, 213 yards, two touchdowns. One of them was called back from the DJ Chark. DJ Chark, I was a flag. I think Leonard Fournette heard me. Um, Leonard Fournette had the game of his life. Yeah, and he was like fired up at the end of the game, like getting into fights with like his own like I, yeah. staff and everything. It was he, absolutely. He, insane. he definitely heard our podcast. It was like they always make fun of me. Guys, listen, guys, listen to this. Leonard Fournette, twenty nine carries, two hundred twenty five yards. Yes, twenty nine carries, two hundred twenty five yards. Oh wait, it doesn't stop there. But wait, there's more. Two receptions, twenty yards. Again, that's not a lot. 
But on top of what he's already had, yards. almost had the ball 30 times. I think the last time I saw someone get the ball 30 times was Jordan Howard on the Bears, like years ago. I don't think, and I might be mistaken. I mean, almost 30 times for Derrick Henry. But at the same yeah. time, it's like that was a very, very solid game by him. And usually, again, I we mention this every week. Oh, Leonard Fournette, 15 carries, 54 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, he didn't get into the end zone, but the, this but shirt the was yards helped him back. Yeah, hundred percent. Love it. Lo- I wish Leonard Fournette played like this every game because I liked him at LSU. He was absolutely like a beast at LSU, yeah. and he was. Uh, He'd be doing this. He's very one. touchdown dependent. Um, you know, his rookie year. Um, but I mean, you definitely saw flashes like this guy could cross the cross the goal line if if you're five yards away, he'll he'll get an opportunity there. Um, but I feel like he's even though he had 29 carries, 225 yards on the ground. Continue to have this type of game with him because yes, you have a backup quarterback in there who is very electrifying. I like watching him just because of like his personality and everything. But you have a running back there too that's completely healthy. He had a down year last year. Let's give him a good year like you had his rookie year. Let's start giving him the ball. The uh, the Jaguars are selling a uh, Gardner Minshew kit now at stadiums where it's a uh, they're they're giving like the headband and the mustache. The mustache. I yeah. was gonna say, are they, they should <laughs> start marketing the mustache? Hundred yeah, percent. What happens with Nick Foles comes back? I don't listen. He's getting eighty million dollars. But what's They're gonna have to? Play. What's what I find funny is like I think Gardner Minshew. I think the Broncos are like, hey Gardner Minshew, we want you on our team. Like he <laughs> seems like a Broncos quarterback. Like what I what I find so funny though is that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback. Like he stepped in and he did his role, and now he's the starter. And I feel like that could happen with Minshew. Maybe not right away. Maybe not soon. But I'm saying I feel like if he performs pretty well and he keeps it up in in this role, he he could possibly get. A chance at a starting job somewhere else. Did I ever tell you what his completion percentage is right now no. at this very moment? Is it in the 70s? 69.420. Is that his that is fits so perfectly that's such a with Gardner Minshew stat. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, he was hanging out with Uncle Rico before. I think that's what gave him the juice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have D.D. Westbrook, five receptions, 66 yards. D.J. Shark should have had a touchdown, but was called back, four receptions, 44 yards. James O'Shaughnessy, it seems like he's kind name. of building a rapport with his tight end, which you could definitely see. And Raquel Armstead also had a touchdown, but it's kind of like that only comes once. Once every couple dozen plays. But, you know, anyway, uh, Gardner Minshew, pretty solid game. This is a game they had to win because the Broncos are awful. And I thought the Broncos, I picked them. I did not. Because I thought this was the game you finally come back. and Well, you get here, pick them happen. this week. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, and Joe Flacco, it's like, what else can this guy do? He just plays the I way just, Joe Flacco I don't, I don't plays. Like and it's You don't like him, but look, 22 completions, 38 attempts, 303 yards, two, three touchdowns, and a pick. It's like, just, that's a game you probably want other quarterbacks. Who are like, I want Josh Allen to put up those numbers, but he's not. And I, I just, I feel like... um. Somebody said this one time. I heard this somewhere, and I just laughed really hard. Someone said, like, Joe Flacco is, like, Eli 2.0. They're, the, they're from the same era, so it makes sense. Like, they, they just said, like, the, like the way they'll play, like, their numbers and, like, how they perform. And I was like, I just had a laugh. I was like, I could see it. I could understand it. Anyway, um, no no one gets double-digit carries on the, in the rushing side of the ball. I mean, surprise? No. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, five receptions, 104 yards. I like Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Cortland Sutton as well had two touchdowns. I think this is what people have been waiting Cortland, for Cortland yep. Sutton to do, and it finally happened. Six receptions, sixty-two yards, and Noah Fan also had a touchdown. I think it was his first career touchdown. I believe so. Ever in the NFL, so, so props to him. But not enough to win this game. Josh Lambeau, absolute stud. And I, when I when they first signed him, I'm like, kicking troubles are gone. 
Like, the, like uh, why did the Chargers get rid of him? I don't know. Because right now they're yeah. – I mean, they're holding above water because their punter can kick. Which is – But yeah. Michael Badgley hasn't played a game this year. Nope. Not yet. At all. So, I don't – Actually, know. I changed my mind. I don't want to talk about the other game. No? I mean, this is the last – Because it's going to get me angry. Again. I mean, just here, I'll touch ready? on I'll touch on it. Here we go. We might as well. We made it this far. Here we go. Dallas fumbled – which his, I'm pretty sure his elbow was down, but they kept it a fumble. And the Saints did little short passes like the Bears did and just kicked field goals and won. And that is the game. That's the game. <laughs> really, it, Will Lutz just put up all the points. And it angered me. It and angered what me. what I take away from this game, too, is that my girlfriend first noticed and drew Breeze's thing on his face. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, like, oh, I feel so bad. He got that thing on his face. Like, where'd that come from? I'm like... That's like permanently on his face. Yeah. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like doing like thumb drills I know on the he's side. <laughs> I think I was watching him doing thumb yeah. drills. He was like, stop. Yeah. He like, was did, <laughs> did you hear like, uh, who was, I don't know if it was Lisa Salters in this game, but she was saying like, yeah, he was like picking up toys. No, he was putting, <laughs> no, he was putting pennies in a, in, in, in a piggy bank. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for thanks. informing me. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's doing okay, but at the same time, it's like, what All right. It's been like two I weeks get it. now. Like, yeah, he's he still has another four to go. He's another like, four to go. It's not like he's almost there. It's not like it's like the last week and they're like, oh, he's been doing well. Like, relax. Yeah. Anyway, um, since you aren't a fan of any team in the NFC East, and I am, I want to hear it from you. Does does this game prove to the to the, the Dallas Cowboys that he that Dak Prescott doesn't deserve a contract, or does he still deserve? One? I I think I, I never thought he deserved the contract, and I don't. I thought the first like game or two, whatever, where they went off, I still was like, okay, wow, he did well. It's it's been a game or two. Like you have a whole season ahead of you. If you if if you base the season off of two games, then they'd be in the playoffs every year. This was just a bizarre game because Jason Witten. Fumbled the ball. Fumbled, yeah. And did you hear the stat? He's only he fumbled four fumbles. times in his yeah. career. I just, I mean, honestly, I just, I just, I don't get it. Like, this is the game that they needed to win. This is the game that, in my opinion, I wouldn't give him the contract right then and there, but this is the game where Dak figured it out and put it together and won them the game, regardless how he won them the game. I, I would really, really, really be, you know, he'd be higher up if I was the, the owner I mean, I, I'd be like, all right, I guess maybe I'll consider then giving him this contract because he's performed against he's a tough team. I, I think, think he is too. But I'm because saying... I think they might have a big raise in uh, salary cap because Jerry Jones has like a bunch of things lined up where they gain money yeah. as a franchise. But um, as also, all the contracts are backloaded. So it's kind of like we could pay everyone right now if we wanted to. Yep. But um, as an NFC East, you know, fan of the Giants and... You know, everyone's, you know, arrival and kind of how, like, you see the Saints right now. That's why you don't even want to talk about this game because they ended up winning. But I think Dak Prescott gets the contract, and I think he's done enough to get it. Because I think there is a weird narrative on Dak Prescott right now that he's not a good quarterback. But I do think, like, who are you going to get other than him? Why doesn't he deserve it? That's the problem. That's the problem. Like, he... He's a guy competent enough to play, and, so I don't understand and why what's, what's hard he is, shouldn't get the is that if you go back, like we were saying with Flacco and, and Eli and that, and like Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, you have Peyton Manning playing, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, then Aaron Rodgers takes over. Like you're looking at all of these quarterbacks, Drew Brees. You're looking at all of these quarterbacks that like everyone kind of looks at as like elite quarterbacks. Like people are like, oh, like they could be Hall of Fame. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're talented. Whatever. And. You look at the quarterbacks now, I'm not very impressed with no. the, 
with the quarterbacks now. And I feel like if you took Dak Prescott and put him back 10 years and he was playing with all these, he would not even be considered anywhere. Because I, all of these guys, those guys that I just named were talented and amazing and elite. And now you look at the, the competition now, and I feel like the competition, everyone is a bust now that gets drafted out of college in quarterbacks. Yeah. And I feel I like think we're that's why. heading towards the era of really good quarterbacks, though. Like, we literally have Trevor hope. Lawrence is going to come out. We have Tua coming Tua, out. We have Jake, Jake. Fromm coming out. And Jalen Hurts is probably going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. And honestly... I think they're going to take over a lot of teams, and they're going to. Get I mean, yes, but but there was also you know Jake Locker who got picked, and everyone was so That's so amazing. True, but I see a lot of talent. Well, like, the I thing think, is, we I just think named, Trevor Lawrence goes to the Colts. I still think that happens. Yeah, I mean, we just named and like, he just takes that franchise to the promised land. Yeah, I mean, we just named like four or five quarterbacks, and you would hope that out of all that, at least three of them would be able to yeah. to put up numbers. I, I, like there might be one bust or I two. I think of anything, Jake from bus yeah but i don't know i hate predicting but, but because i like him too yeah but that's the thing like going with that i mean i'm sure i left out like a like a one or two quarterbacks that i mean probably like kurt warner carson palmer like they were pretty good too but i'm just saying like they are all respectable quarterbacks everybody talks about them like that is the era that you played in like it, they were really good quarterbacks and i feel like he's just playing in he's he would get the contract because of the inconsistency around the league with quarterbacks and i feel like that's why he's going to get the contract yeah but, I mean, it's the time of – that's the way it is now. It's the era. I mean, we pretty much talk about every, every game we wanted to cover. But, uh, I mean, I'm just just because they're there, I want to touch on them. And I'm not going to go into the stats or anything yet. This, this, I hate watching Seahawks, Cardinals. Like, it's my least matchup to – least favorite matchup to watch because I kind of know how it's going to end up. And we said it's either going to be, like, a close game or, like, the Cardinals are going to be – since they're the new Cardinals, it's, like, not the same as previously. But um, the Seahawks won 27-10. They move on to 3-1. and one. The Cardinals are 0-3-1 with the ugliest-looking record of all time. Uh, Russell Wilson loves Will Disley. That's what I'll take out of this game. I, I don't know where that came he from. better not tonight. Uh, like C.J. Procise in the red zone instead of Chris Carson. Um, I'm glad I don't see Rashad Penny's name because I don't like him. Uh, but, yeah, in the Cardinals' side of the ball, it's kind of like Kyler Murray still trying to find his – way through and he likes using david johnson in the passing game for some reason like i feel like wasn't david johnson c- came up as like one of the better runners in the league and now he's just a pass catching yeah he, he was a great running you know, back running i mean back. he could still catch out of he the like back ran over the eagles which gave but, him the starting yeah. job yeah but but he, now he's more of a running back i mean honestly this is bold but honestly the way that i've seen josh rosen play i know it's not they're not winning but he's hitting his receivers and he's playing well i feel like if they gave him another shot he might have been doing better than Kyler Murray right now. I don't know. I, Maybe. Because I feel like Kyler Murray... But again, they didn't do much to improve the offensive line. They didn't, but they I feel su- like... They drafted one guy in the seventh round of the draft. How do you I, do that? I'm just I'm not, I'm not a that. fan of Kyler Murray. I'm really not. I, mean, I am. I, 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 I know that he can you know, change it the whole rest of the season. as a long season. He still has a whole, hopefully a longer career ahead of him. But yeah. I just was not... I just wasn't a fan. Like Everybody keeps comparing him... To Russell Wilson, I know we've talked about that, and I mean they did that with Deshaun Watson. Exactly. Though. I mean, but did you know this was the first game in NFL history? Uh, not NFL history, but the first game since like the 1960s where both quarterbacks playing were under six foot. Yeah, I heard that. That's funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Kyler Murray. I, I think we're just not seeing enough of him yet. They gotta unleash him, and I mean, he did have a rushing touchdown. I mean, that's when he's starting to use his legs, but we're not haven't yeah. seen like. Five carries, eighty yards, and like two touchdowns through yeah. the air. Like I haven't seen that yet. I know everyone has expectations for him. 
It's just all right. But Ew. Bengals Steelers. Do I have to do this game? No, no. Just, just but, score. No, but uh, yeah, the the Steelers won twenty seven to three. The Bengals fall to zero four. I think they have a good possibility of going zero sixteen too. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe they'll win one game. But what's down the tough line. is that if you think about it, they realistically could have had at least one or two wins. They had very oh, yeah, tight yeah. win, like yeah. tight losses. That's why I took them this week. That's why I picked them because. Too. But what the Steelers did, they were just like, you know what, the Bengals are so bad. Let's put our First year starter, Mason Rudolph, taking place of Ben Roethlisberger. Let's just throw little little tiny passes on the yeah. side to to James Conner and Jalen Samuels, and let's try to win this game. And that's what they and did. That's exactly what happened. So, am I going to do any more on this game? No. Let's get into some picks. You have your picks uh, pulled up here, up, yeah. and we'll wrap up the podcast afterwards. But let's jump into it. I didn't look at any of my week five picks right now, but to fill you guys in on the scores right now. Um, unfortunately, I'm losing. By one. Uh, Chris has 17 points. I have 16 points. But last week, I picked almost every game awful. wrong. We did very bad. I almost picked every game. So, I mean, to put that into perspective, I know you're winning right now, but we didn't pick the games right. We had, okay, we had <laughs> 10 points after week one. Yeah. And, and I have 17 and you have 16. Yeah. That shows how bad we picked. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're so bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to be bold this week. I thought it was bold last week. But, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I kind of did. Anyway, tonight, Rams at Seahawks. Who you got? Oh, I got the Rams. You have the Rams? I'm so torn on this. So um, torn. I mean, I'm going Seahawks here. I don't want to have a lot of the same picks as you, but I like the Seahawks. Jets at Eagles. Jets at Eagles. I think I picked, I picked the Eagles. All right, I picked the Eagles, too. I think that's a no-brainer there. Um, again, I don't think Sam Donald plays this week, but we'll see. Uh, Jags at Panthers. Jags. Jags, right? Gardner Minshew, you're going for it? Yep. I think I'm going Jags, too. Um, and you don't, also don't like the Panthers, but that's another thing. Uh, we have Vikings at Giants. I'm sorry. I have to pick the Vikings. Pick, I mean, I'm not offended. I don't really care. Um, but uh, I, I want to say the, the Vikings finally fulfill what Stefan Diggs is angry about and what people are angry about in general about the Vikings organization as well as their fans. And they kind of, this is an opportunity for them to be like, all right, we put it together and yeah. we're going to do this moving forward. But I think this is the game where everyone's like, all right, no more excuses for Daniel Jones. He's finally playing up against a pretty good defense and he's going to play well. So I'm going Giants here. Don't not putting money on him, but outright pick, I think I'll take him. We got Falcons at Texans. I'm not even fucking picking my team sorry <laughs> I think you haven't cursed on this show ever. sorry i'm picking the texans <laughs> oh my god i i didn't even think about that <laughs> it's all right <laughs> i'm just frustrated as you can tell because <laughs> you didn't pick your team i'm just frustrated with my damn team all right i'm, go- I'm going uh, uh texans as well uh bucks at saints uh, who do you want to win the least i hate the saints I feel like I'm a You're kind, going Bucks? I mean, yeah. I'm going I mean, Bucks too. I'm I'm not a fan of the Bucks either because they're in my division, but they've sucked for so long. It's kind of like all right, like good for them. They're doing them better now, like fine. But like I just hate them. But the Saints you hate the most because they're always hate in them. they're in contention I with you. I hate year. them. I get it. Um hold on. Uh we have Bills at Titans. Uh Bills. That was a tough one too. <laughs> I think picking the, the Bills. Bills. Listen. I think the Titans are going in the film room, and they're like, yo, A.J. Brown's a stud. So I'm going Titans. I just, I don't. Derrick Henry's rolling. Marcus Mariota, eh, you, don't need him to, you don't need him to go crazy, but. I hope Derrick Henry gets 200 yards and a touchdown and wins me fantasy. 
but you pick the Bills. But it's so okay. Not because, win the fix. because, yeah, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, if, if I win fantasy, I, I could win money. Yeah. So. Worst game of the week, Cardinals-Bengals. Both teams have just, zero I wins. I picked the Bengals, and I hate myself, but I picked them. Yeah? Yeah. I'm taking Cardinals. I hate Kyler Murray. I, I wouldn't say hate. That's a rude. I hate the Saints. That's that's let's say that. I don't <laughs> like Kyler Murray. So you're going Bengals. Yes, I am. Listen, I lo- I I picked them against the Steelers. I think I th- I think I'm going to go against them this week. Yeah, that that would have been the difference between a tie. Yeah. And you win it. Well, no, I probably wouldn't have tied. You picked the Bengals too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Pats at Redskins. Um I picked the Pats. I picked the Pats too. Um yeah, because that's obvious. Yep. Dang, their schedule is so easy, dog. Oh, my God. I hate it. It, it gets harder a little bit, but it's, like, nothing crazy. It, it goes from, like, okay, we're playing nobody, like, we're playing a high school team, to, like, all right, now we're playing an NFL team, and then we just go back to high school teams. <laughs> yeah, so, wait, hold on. Let me take a look at it here. I just want to see their schedule because I totally forgot. Like, it definitely gets harder. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah you have, but, like, Giants, Jet, like, Browns. Browns, Ravens, Eagles is really where it gets hard. Maybe the Cowboys. Maybe Cowboys, Texans. Uh, they're they're not bad. But Depends on how they're, they're continue. In, they're to play. in. They're at Houston though. Yeah, I mean they've given them competition in the past. But look how it ends. You got the Bengals. You have the Bills again. The Dolphins. It's kind of like, they're, all right, you're locked in uh, at twelve and four. Yeah, at least. Or thirteen and at three. At least. Uh, yeah, but uh, Ravens at Steelers. Good game. Um, I picked the Ravens. I'm going Ravens too. I think Lamar Jackson goes off did you see in his post-game press conference uh they were just like we saw you were a little hobbled on that play um are you are you good and he jogs in place and he goes i'm good <laughs> <laughs> he goes i'm good uh bears at raiders um, i dare you you dare me no i'm picking the freaking bears all right let's go I'm picking the bears and if the raiders win i'm yelling i'm yelling next week on the podcast broncos chargers broncos chargers they're in la Oh, I picked the Chargers. Oh, I don't yeah, know why easily. I questioned that. Yep. Uh, Packers at Cowboys. I picked the Packers. I'm taking the Packers, too. I I, I think they're less uh, dumb now. Mm, yeah. I just, <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that was a tough one to pick. Yeah. Chiefs at Colts. Oh, no, no, no. Colts at Chiefs. Um, I picked the Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs, too. We have similar picks. This can't be good. But there's – we have more. Last week, we only had one difference. This, this week, we, we have, like, like, three or difference. four – but that can make the difference between me losing. Now. Oh my gosh! I'm yeah, so but nervous. I'm saying it's a little it better bit. Be right it's a little here. bit more risk for for us. Last week it was just one game that we counted. All right, on. so this is a pretty decent game to pick from. We could sway both ways, but we got the Browns and Niners. Niners are undefeated, I've, and they're in picked, San Francisco. I picked the Niners. Yeah, I did. I picked the Niners on. I have. Well, my, I'm, I'm gonna go the opposite picks. of you, and I'm going Browns. And like the meme you showed me, they're more of they're one of the uglier undefeated oh, yeah, they're teams. The, they're, they are. And I think that that's this is where they get exposed here. I think well, the Browns I, are coming off a high. I think Freddie Kitchens is looking at himself in the mirror right now, and he's just like, "I was a running backs coach, and I didn't use my running back." I, I just think you know you got. Let's use him again. You got Jimmy Garoppolo. Got Kittle, like Kittle is just amazing with the freaking WWE. Been do- he's been doing well, but not, he's not going to do what he did bo- last both year. His t- but both his touchdowns haven't been like I, th- I think they got called back. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't expect him to do what he did last year. But he, he's not doing bad. No. He's doing um, right. Anything else you have to add? Um, you want to pray for the? I'm not. Falcons I'm not. Again? Nope. They, no, I'm not praying. I actually tweeted out to the Falcons page. Um, I said, how many retweets? before like you let me be a coach so i haven't heard back yet um i don't think i'm gonna hear back but 
We'll see. I don't know. I, don't, I think they'll want you to be a grad assistant somewhere and then work your way up. I no. I think I think I'm like almost undefeated in Madden. I think that's good enough. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, so we'll wrap up the show here. Thank you guys for listening. Those are our picks. They're locked in. We're heading into Week Five. First game is tonight. Um, it is Rams at Seahawks. Yes. That's what it is. They're in Seattle. They're in Seattle. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Um, that should be a very exciting game. Hopefully, Todd Gurley. Pray for me. Um. And yeah, so I gotta hope Todd really does well, and then Wilson, Disley, and Carson do awful. Yeah, because that's who Mark has. Yeah, screw you, Mark. I mean, we'll, we'll watch with him, right? Maybe. <laughs> yes, we're watching with him. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Um, so yeah, we'll wrap up the show here, like I mentioned before. Make sure to follow the Instagram and Twitter page at Franchise Tag Pod. Go listen and watch. Yes, watch the podcast on YouTube at the Franchise Tag NFL Podcast. If you want to watch instead of listen, if that's your cup of tea, sure. We're also available on all. Uh, podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.